0: Hello and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Sammy Roberts, and I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello, Matthew. We've got another three times special guest. It's like Saturday Night Live with uh, Alec Baldwin, but with I don't know <laughs> less less kind of like uh, problematic choices. Um, this week we have the return of Jeremy Peel. Jeremy, how's it going?
1: Hello, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, studiously avoiding uh, GTA Six spoilers this week. <laughs> That's me, at least until I get asked to write something on it, and then I have to just take the hit but so far i've been allowed to dodge it it's worth it for 120 pounds or whatever it might be <laughs> yeah so, um, exactly yeah <laughs> uh
0: yeah so well uh, this this is a bit of a strange timing really because this episode is called gta clones on trial and we're recording this just after gta 6 leaked and it was unprecedented really very strange and some people have joked in our discord that we um that we are the leakers and therefore we timed this episode to coincide with that which is a, an idea i love but um <laughs> I think it should be a fun one. So, um, Matthew, first of all, how are you? How are you doing? And how are you feeling about this this episode as a concept?
2: Yeah. I'm good, thank you. Uh terrified of wading into the GTA six discourse just in case Rockstar sue me for a million pounds. because uh, that can happen if you even go near the rumours, it seems.
1: I was gonna say, very expensive way to promote your podcast episode, really. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I think this is um this one
0: might be might have spread too far for like everyone to be sued for a million pounds. Like um <laughs> if everyone does it, it's not a legal question mark. I don't know just the person the person being the person who leaked it they're like gonna get i'm sure they'll get mega sued but everyone else i don't know it's a
2: bit public domain defense isn't it (laughs) i just saw people retweeting gifs and i was like braver man than i
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a kind of a strange one um jeremy how are you feeling about the fact this has happened obviously it's like terrible for the devs and like it's it's a really weird situation but i think it has prompted quite a lot of sympathy and fairness in rockstar's defense against idiots who say this doesn't look as good as gta 4 and those people sadly do exist so jeremy how did how did you feel about all this kicking up?
1: yeah i guess probably echoing most of my peers in in thinking it doesn't really doesn't really help anyone doesn't really serve anyone people who feel like they want mm. to see it now are probably getting sort of a little regret in that regard. If you, nobody really wants to see a game at that stage of development Uh, it's not fun and it ruins it slightly for you when it's finished so yeah, bit of a shame, bit of a shame Yeah,
0: it has also kind of exposed just how little people, well loads and loads of people just understand how games are actually made and how they um, superficially come together at the very last minute in a lot of cases so um, yeah, that's kind of disappointing to see too Um, But
1: um, The silver lining of it I suppose is it it kind of shows us what a big deal GTA still is. Like the games that we'll be talking about in this episode go back almost to the millennium. Mm. The idea that GTA is still the biggest thing around, you know, worth targeting with this kind of ludicrous hack or whatever was involved, kind of shows that the that series has been endless in a way that pretty much nothing else has been in games.
0: Mm. Yeah. It is true. Uh, we're you know we're like what twenty five, twenty four years into its history now. So kind of uh, yeah, nothing else really quite like it. Um, Matthew, how are you feeling about the whole leak thing? Are you kind of uh, perturbed, um, amused, uh, scared? What's was where are you at?
2: You know, you're always looking for the fakes for these things. Whenever you know, and and there was that brief little window of excitement where you're like, has someone made this incredibly beautiful fake? like really well thought out and they'd gone to such lengths to make it look <laughs> real and then as it sort of dawns on you that it is real i kind of i just basically got the fuck out of there like it, it's it's weird things because it seems to have like finished dialogue in or at least professional lots of chat chat in it and i was like oh, i don't want to hear that you know like i don't want to be part of that world it's definitely sparked an interesting round of conversation about people's expectations and it's always quite nice when there's something that brings the sort of <laughs> I say it's quite nice it's obviously bad things happen but <laughs> when you see developers kind of pull together collectively uh for their craft and sort of defend something or go to bat for them it's it's quite quite nice to see
1: every uh, gta game has a legal drama doesn't it
2: it gives uh, daniel radcliffe
1: something to play when he does the sequel to that <laughs> awful bbc adaptation oh. or whatever that was
2: I just imagine how crosswalk star were on Sunday morning. Cannot imagine what it was no. like.
0: <laughs> it's it's like unprecedented as a kind of nightmare as well. It's like usually a leak is in the form of one screenshot or whatever, and this was yeah just out of control. But you know, malicious and bad. Um, the fu- the only funny thing I sort of took out of it was watching news writers who were covering it on Sunday morning pretend that it they didn't know if it was real or not, like we don't know if this is the genuine article and it's like, my dude this is like the, <laughs> this is, there is like a hilariously large amount of evidence that this is not a fake I get that you have to be tentative because you don't know what the source is and you're reporting on it but mm. it did make me laugh, it's like who can really say if this is real or not and it's like, that is a slack notification this thing is real but,
1: um, <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a second secret team of uh, 2,000 fakers working at international studios to make fake GTA so that they can fool yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, it's like one big, one big bluff, kind of
0: fake, and then the real game will reveal itself um, at great expense, but well <laughs> worth it. Um, okay, good. Well, then we've uh, we've we've probably uh, ticked that off uh, enough because uh, I find the leak a bit dep- a bit depressing as well. And kind of just like I don't know in a quiet year of news, just kind of like I-, I don't know. Maybe it just maybe the fascination in it really does
2: sort of show. A- how starved people are for, like, yeah. blockbusters. I don't know. It seemed to break a couple of people because there's some people who normally can be trusted for quite decent takes. I saw some real shockers from people who I respect quite a lot. It's a bit like when you suddenly put a hot plate under, like, cold water and it shatters. It was just, like, too much <laughs> news for the sane mind to take. You were like, You went from, oh, nothing's happening, to... Oh, I'm looking at GTA 6, and I shouldn't <laughs> be. And you know, people were just like, Ugh! "There were a lot of deleted tweets that morning from people who just didn't know what the take was." <laughs> yeah, I had a really
0: hilarious meme start to blow up, but it was um, it was getting too mu- too many idiots dropping in my. Uh mentioned so i had to delete it it was, uh, oh, it was uh in many ways matthew i was the real victim of the leak
2: so I was about to say i was the real blorco <laughs> <laughs> that's no, how that's... vain i am i assumed you were going to drop a blorco reference there <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a little bit too symbolic even for our listeners i think that one um okay good so this episode gta clones on trial can't remember why i came up with this thought it might be fun to talk about all the games that followed in gta's footsteps so um, a little brief history then so gta 3 obviously dropped in 2001 and then that kind of drove developers and publishers to try and mimic success in a number of different ways whether it was attaching open world elements to existing series just borrowing it wholesale and making their own version with a slightly tackier theme setting it um, a gta style game in a real city because of course gta the ps2 games had this cartoony art style the cities were based on real cities um obviously uh new york liberty city and um, vice city was miami but like they were they had this cartoony art style so it was it was deliberately stylized so you had all these kind of diverging routes of people trying to mimic success and no one really got to the same level but definitely some interesting games came out of it and it feels like the sort of territory that suits our listeners uh sort of
2: range of interests so um Matthew, how are you feeling about that as a kind of uh, concept for an episode? One of the exciting things going through these, because there are quite a few I haven't played and I was uh, watching videos or managed to play them by some means (laughs) that we won't go into. That's implied piracy ticked off on the bingo board. (laughs) (laughs) Tick it off. (laughs) Like, it was even beyond my memory of how many of these things there were and just sort of like a wild inventive time it was of people trying to leave their mark on this particular genre and particularly in the ps2 kind of era you know as you get into the next generation you already feel the sting of budgets required to pull these games off kicking in and that sort of genre becoming slightly more starved or slightly more focused but i'd sort of definitely um forgotten the wild twists that exist within the spread of these games well how about you jeremy
1: yeah like looking through the list of the- games we're going to be talking about you know there are some bad games here don't get me wrong but there isn't there isn't a lot that's just completely shameless there are not many straight rips like there's always as Matthew says there's a twist there's always something some kind of weird pitch going on with pretty much all of these games um so although a lot of them are forgotten some rightly it is a weirdly creative period as well
0: yeah it is strange to kind of look upon because um the variety of games it pulls together you know it crosses the gamut from like i say series that morph to genre to you know ill-fated attempts at creating licensed versions of gta just a real kind of like odd spread, comic booky games as well. It truly is an interesting range, which is why we'll keep this intro fairly brief because we have like actually tons of games to talk about as we try and get through all the GTA clones. So, Jeremy, I suppose like the reason I brought you on for this episode is there's definitely a, at least a couple of series where I consider you a true authority and I thought you'd enjoy kind of like um, getting in the mud with us for one of our bullshit trial <laughs> episodes. So, um, <laughs> how come you, how come? Uh, you are sort of a good fit for this I guess like what what is it about your expertise that crosses over with this a little bit
1: I was a young teenager during this period where the 3D GTAs were emerging and I was already playing driver and kind of I guess had a front row seat to a lot of this stuff and in recent years as a freelancer I've sort of reconnected with some of those series and figured out which of my memories were legit and was there something to some of these series and you know Driver for me in particular is one that I kind of claimed as a journalist because I thought nobody else is going to write about this and uh, <laughs> and it turns out I still love it um yeah yeah and it's 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 nice to be invited onto this this format of uh <laughs> back page episode it feels yeah. like a a, a tear closer to the to the core to be invited onto a nonsense fiction episode you know games court ish um you know that's that's not yeah. first guest material you usually get them in with something a little more sophisticated i wouldn't i wouldn't force this bullshit on on anyone first time around <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Jeremy how's he described it to me was um like highly specific but um incredibly loose something like that like uh <laughs> like how you you try to rationalize my design essentially for this episode like um did you kind of like look at the plan for this and recoil in horror
1: i i chuckled i is what i did i i I realized it was one of these um and a little pressure was lifted from my shoulders when I, i as i realized that i wouldn't have to be you know as coherent um as impressive as I might be in a, in another format, so uh, yeah. it's nice, it's
2: nice. Yeah, this this ain't academic, this one.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Brazenly as well, like, um, you know how um, sort of they made, uh, put Tom Hanks in some clay to make him fat and German in um, Elvis, that was oh, yeah. me looking at Jeremy Peel and thinking about dr- his Driver 3 takes and bringing him on <laughs> this episode, I was like, he's my ace in the hole, he's my ticket to the top, do you know what I mean, like, <laughs> I've got, got to bring him on and talk about Driver 3, so... Just to, yeah, be brazen about it. That's essentially why I've roped Jeremy into this nightmare. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, good stuff. Um, So, we've talked before on this this podcast about how GTA could always use the competition. Me and Matthew were always, like, bristling at the fact there aren't more GTA clones. And so, when one comes along, as happened recently and was a little bit disappointing, we were kind of like, damn, because... It feels like there should be some mid-budget games by modern standards that can sort of fill this space. Jeremy, how do you feel about the kind of current state of GTA competitors? And I suppose at a glance, how many of the games that we're discussing in this episode do you think are worth defending?
1: There are definitely some that are still worth defending. I think they don't really exist anymore, mainly because other developers have been priced out of it. Saints Row coming out this year still doesn't quite match 2013's GTA V. In terms mm-hmm. of production values and the the kind of mechanics that are in the mix there, there's no B tier that exists for this um, this genre anymore. Um, obviously, the open world genre has become a whole broader thing, but there aren't any. There isn't much room for direct competition with. Uh, GTA unless you're Ubisoft now so yeah.
0: I think it's more likely we'll see GTA Online clones than GTA 5 clones sadly in the uh, years to come. I think that people will see that's where the money is as selling cars and uh, decals and stuff like that. I could see a kind of riot sized company moving into that space and making their version you know, much as they have with Valorant versus like CSGO. Yeah,
1: um, maybe Tencent will buy APB and that'll finally make it <laughs> back.
2: What, a, yeah. what a cursed headline. That's like... <laughs>
1: That's a good outside
0: prediction. Matthew, we should put that in our 2023. twenty three. <laughs> That'd be good, um, Matthew, how about you? At a glance, how many of these games do you think are worth defending? And bearing in mind that we're not going to be defending all of them, some of them we will be prosecuting. So um, what was your take at looking at the kind
2: of broad array of games here? Were you impressed or were you like, oh, for fuck's sake? More of the latter, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think there's only really a handful of these games to me that had a really clear vision of how they could Build. I don't even think they were building on GTA necessarily, but they just had an idea of like, oh, we can do something open world that that makes that makes it worthwhile. I think some of these are like direct riffs on GTA, and a lot of those are quite unsuccessful. The further you get away from the kind of core GTA experience, the better your chances are of having sort of something to sort of say. But some of them are like, yeah. Yeah, some of these are quite hard work. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much attention these games got as
0: well, and I don't just mean from media, but I mean like in how they would, ser- like, they were be friends at my school who'd be like, "Oh, have you heard about this this game? That's a bit like GTA." Like that was a, oh yeah, it was so popular a format that people would the word would spread that someone's made a GTA alike essentially. Oh that's, yeah, that, it was yeah.
1: Linkin Park and these games. That's what was discussed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's how, you know, like true crime streets of LA kind of came to my attention a little bit. And I just had a bunch of friends who were like keeping an eye on it and excited about it. That was, you know, that was a a huge game for me in 2003 in terms of anticipation. The results Mm. of that we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, shortly, I'm sure. But yeah, these things would just get on your radar because they were so, they were just kind of everywhere. People were just so obsessed with GTA. And then when a GTA, you kind of used up a GTA and like, you know six months and you'd be kind of asking well what's next then of course there was a big gap where between Vice City well I say a big gap a big gap by Pierce two-year standards but two years between uh, Vice City and San Andreas where um, many of these games actually released so yeah um, people kind of ran with it took it took their own ideas dumped them into it some worked some didn't we'll talk it all through in this episode so yeah um, I, I still think
1: it's yeah. wild the amount of appetite there was for this stuff when like when you go back and look at the gap between GTA 3 and Vice City is like the development was less than a year between those games and most people discovered GTA with Vice City I would say so they immediately had two <laughs> to get through and then they still mm-hmm. had time for True Crime it was it was just kind <laughs> of insatiable at the time
0: yeah Especially when you consider that GTA three and Vice City were both incredibly hard, had no proper checkpointing, yeah. um, you know, were just rock hard to control and like you would fail over and over again. That was part of the extended tail on these games in a lot of ways, was just actually getting through them. I think I told this story on the GTA three pod we did last year. But when they added checkpoints to the definitive edition in last year's last year's re-release it makes the games a piece of piss you can just <laughs> annihilate a whole one in like a weekend which feels perverse to complete uh. a gta ps2 era gta that fast so um yeah these games definitely had an extended life so it, it, i guess it was strange that, we, that people had the appetite but i guess it was um an era of uh, fewer games generally maybe that was part of it but um
2: I love I love that these open worlds we celebrate and we spent all this time in them in our youth and most of that's time just because we were driven to the the side activities by pure hate for the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, missions so rancid that you were basically just forced to engage with them being open world games which <laughs> maybe doesn't happen in the newer ones as much.
1: Yeah, I spent I remember spending a full day in GTA 3 just crouching in the back of pickups and shooting the bonnet and then just seeing how long I could stay on the the back of the car that's not a mini game that is not a mechanic <laughs> it's not a mission that's just a thing that I did to pass the time
0: yeah it's like the idea that like um the you only brought the systemic parts of these open worlds out because you were so fucking angry at like espresso to go in gta 3 or the fucking zero missions in gta san andreas you have to shoot down those tiny planes like yeah back in my day the campaigns were just so awful we had to make our own fun Ch- talking like a fucking set a dad who grew up in the 70s you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah fun times okay i think it's gonna be a good episode lads so um let's take a quick break and we'll come back with gta clones on trial welcome back to the podcast so in this section we're going to talk about uh well in this section we're going to put all the gta clones on trial i've tried to be as comprehensive as possible this is indeed a judge matthew castle um episode a <laughs> joint um tm um so there's uh people who've listened to the games court episodes will know the deal at this point um matthew becomes this judge figure there's some slight <laughs> changes <laughs> there's some slight changes here normally matthew will like um pass uh, judgment on whether a, a pre-owned game um results in a person being like put to death or not. You know, we will revisit that format very soon. Don't worry. Um, but this this one's a little bit more complicated. So, how this is going to work? Right, me and Jeremy, we are the legal team in this, right? And what we have to do is decide per game or per series. That's how we've divided these GTA clones up. Whether we're um, pulling for a prosecution or acquittal, and then we have to try and land the verdict that we want. And I've decided that 10 or more successful verdicts is considered a win for the legal team. So me and Jeremy have to decide this on air, which is possibly chaotic, but I think it will work out. Matthew, meanwhile is the judge i wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit with the um with the legal team if we're pushing for one verdict i want him to interrogate why we shouldn't go the other way and then matthew will ultimately decide the outcome based on Mm. each exhibit and how well we've uh, made our case (laughs) did i hear
2: you groan in the background there matthew (laughs) (laughs) no it's no it's fine i i i basically i'm a forced contrarian in every single case in this No, no, I want you to be able to
0: talk like in, in an informed way about the games you've researched and played and things like that. I want <laughs> you to right. just I want you to just
2: poke the different angles of like yeah, I'm thinking okay. about this. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna sort of interrogate them and this is what justice is about. That's what Ace Attorney <laughs> taught us. It's it's about two voices dueling in the courtroom, trying to get the best outcome for all involved.
1: I don't know how forced it's going to be. I'm going to argue that some of these games are good, and you're definitely going to disagree, Matthew. So I don't think you need to worry too much on that front. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's the
0: interesting thing. is Because me and uh, Jeremy have to decide which way we're going with it, that means there's an inherent risk factor to some of these some we can pander to the judge and go for things that we know he hates because he thinks they're dumb which is fine too but in a lot of cases i think we'll try and make the case for things that are a little bit interesting a little bit seven out of ten arguably a little bit six out of ten
2: we'll uh some of these these get passed just because their names i don't really know anything about them but their names (laughs) made their names made me smile okay that's that's good that's a yeah a good
0: way to look at this so if that's how you need to make a verdict that's fine too matthew um so Matthew, I have once again created a bullshit scenario to kind of like, um, you know, give our listeners a sense of place. So um, instead of Matthew Castle Island this time, this trial takes place in a dubious PS2 era open world based on Judge Matthew Castle's whims. Mm. Um, I mean, like a proper sort of shonky reduced to 10 quid in Asda kind of like open world game, you know, that sort Mm. of like joint. So um, Matthew, tell me, what's the name of the open world game housing this digital nightmare world where the, the legal case is taking place?
2: There's a, a Regency themed vibe to, to <laughs> my open world game, right. uh, so it's called Pride and Extreme Prejudice. <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: That's really good. Well,
2: the other alternative was Sense and Sensibility and also grenades. Nice. <laughs> okay, I that's like maybe that. the sequel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Hang so, on, is, uh, is I
1: mean... this set in in Bath like Bridgerton?
0: Yeah. What's the city like, Matthew?
2: Any notable activities or landmarks? It's set in Bath circa 2006, <laughs> uh, and it's been recreated uh, from a lot of extensive photography in a similar uh, way to the getaways take on London. So imagine kind of lots of very on-brand storefronts. It's it's like di- I've directly textured 2006 Bath onto quite a blocky city so that you can, like see all the shops as they were like the old game station you can like look in the window and you can see posters for probably some of the uh, shitty games we're putting on trial today
0: yeah, I do love that in trying to conjure an image of what
2: Bath looked like in 2006, you went with Game Station. That's like terrific. <laughs> That's one of the big differences between Bath now and Bath then, <laughs> is it had a Game Station. That's it in 16 years. Nothing else to of note. Well, there was a, an opposite Game Station. There was another pre-owned game shop. I can't remember what it's called, but the doorway really smelt of Wii. There's probably an NPC who will say that in that doorway. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Are you going for like, sort of like,
0: high-fidelity low sort of like um scale playing area just because
2: you can drive from one end of bath to the other in about five minutes does that concern you as an yeah well that's it's it's one of the reasons this game like i i think would have reviewed quite poorly (laughs) is that as an actual like driving open world is deeply unsatisfying because most of it's pedestrianized and the rest of it is like quite an intense one-way system like there's not really a lot of room for interpretation in bath driving Um, so that's probably why this gets like a three in edge. I would imagine. (laughs) So that's that's kind of the deal with the roads. Jeremy, what's your
0: take on that? As someone who has been to Bath several times, but despite working for multiple companies in Bath, have chosen to never live here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like the visitor experience. I'm imagining a cathedral blinking in and out of existence on the uh, in the backdrop, the skyline, and uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm reminded that the first driver game there was a you could unlock a secret uh Newcastle city centre level. It's on YouTube oh, and uh doesn't work very well. It remi- yeah, so I feel like this would go the same way. Not really built no. don't really have the um the wide open roads of a of a US City to to work with though.
2: Bath's got a lot of quite ornate buildings which are hard to represent and you drive up to the Royal Crescent and it basically looks like a kind of low-polygon croissant <laughs> and it be imp- powerfully unimpressive. Be Matthew, I, I like to think that the... Um... When you, when
0: you get to delete your save off your PS2 memory card, it's like a low-poly version of that um, old man who stands outside the Jane Austen Museum that just oh, well, spin, it, spins around sadly as you delete your save data. It's
2: absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. You should bring him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> go on. Because of the last question that you were going to ask me. <laughs> okay, let's get to that then. So how will we die here if we lose? Well... Um, really, your fate is that you just get trapped in this, this game world, so you're trapped in the game, which, like all PS2 era open world games, will simply fade into obscurity due to the tangle of music and branding licenses that are just too much work for anyone to address in a re-release. <laughs> Um, and part of that is that guy who dresses as a Regency gen outside the Jane Austen Museum he's demanding millions for us to use his licence in a remaster <laughs> we will not pay it so it's never getting re-released.
0: I want him to be like a Mr. X style figure, who stalks you across the city when you're um, walking around, that'd be good But uh, oh, yeah. yeah,
1: they yeah. did that with the Serious Sam game they had like a, a scorpion that if you if you crack the game, a scorpion pursued you endlessly
2: <laughs> through the levels. This is a real thing that happened.
0: That's great. or Like one of those kind
2: of creative piracy things. Yeah, you know, I would like things. the Jane Austen guy to follow you through the whole game going, thief! Thief! <laughs> <laughs> thief! we got a thief here! And then, so if you ever try and stream it, everyone's like, oh, he didn't pay for it. By the way, <laughs> I love
1: the perversity that you're not using the Michael Caine drowning tank here, which was designed for clones, originally. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally talking about clones and it's not being used
2: that's that's, that's an place. amazing law cut um yeah well done, I'm, Jeremy. Well done. I'm quite cross with myself that i didn't <laughs> i didn't see that i just wanted to talk about the guy dressed up as a regency <laughs> gent
1: could have got the first oh yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think that like the thing is right that um a bath a bath gta is a three out of ten in edge but i think a, a, as we discussed before matthew a bath yakuza that's like a seven or an eight right we think that's like you know square There's sort of like amount of space. You could definitely condense Bath down to like four interesting blocks, which is basically
2: what you does. So yeah. On the on-foot experience, i got some other notes. I'd say (laughs) that it borrows GTA's tap-to-sprint system. Only here, you just have to keep on tapping just to walk up the hills, and there's so many fucking hills. So you're just constantly doing that. That captures the true Matthew Castle huffing and puffing experience of living in Bath. Oh, God.
1: Um, One time I visited the the PC Games and office when I worked there, which was at the top of the hill, that is Bath at the time, train station at the bottom. And I had a suitcase with me on my, my good friend and then uh, manager, Phil O'Vanio, met me at the station. For some reason, he needed to buy a new shirt on his lunch break. It's because he's a good-looking man. He, he just He's that kind of... That's what you have to
0: do when you're attractive, isn't it? Yeah. Clothes all the time. <laughs> it takes maintenance,
1: yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I distinctly remember dragging a suitcase down the stairs into the basement of Clark's and just feeling my heart thumping, and just genuinely
2: being afraid that I
1: might die on the way to the office. <laughs> oh,
2: imagine dying in Clark's. <laughs> Sam, if you if there's one shop you wouldn't want to die in in Bath, what would it be? I think like Greg's would be embarrassing, you know,
0: oh, just yeah. because
2: it would expose how often I
0: go there. KFC, likewise. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I wanted to give you kind of a better the Fud Shop. You know, that'd be pretty. There's quite a nice Fud Shop though, so I don't know. Like uh, tough, tough. How about Kingdom you? of Sweets? <laughs> oh god, that'd be that would really just ruin embarrassing. It for so many people. You that'd would be sc- really embarrassing. Are
2: some fuckers in there?
0: Yeah, especially because everyone who goes there is like fourteen, and then like <laughs> I'm thirty four going in there to get some Arizona green tea, and it's like, yeah, looks dodgy as fuck. And if I die in there, that's even more embarrassing. So to the
1: fourteen year olds, you look so old that they just think, oh yeah, it was his time. It's sad <laughs> that he had a good run. <laughs> that is so funny. I also like the idea of. Um, Sort
0: of like playing as a kind of Matthew type figure is good because in these games, of course, it'll always give you some arbitrary reason you couldn't go out of bounds. So I like the idea that if you try and walk up Bath Hill, Matthew will just die when he gets to the top. <laughs> So the game's like that was the game's way of saying, "Oh, you went too far up the hill. You're not meant to
2: do that." Oh, so there's, there's nothing good up the hill. Well, that's what I'd be saying. <laughs> I just keep turning around, and looking out at the screen, and going, "There's nothing good up the hill. Everything good in Bath is at the bottom. So let's yeah. just stay down here." <laughs> that,
0: that is. That is true.
2: The Hare and Hounds pub is the only exception, but it's fucking miles away. So, it's oh, my like friend that. Martin used to live up. <laughs> that was quite nice. I quite like walking up to see him. That's DLC. <laughs> <I'm going to laughs> see my friend Martin. That's like a full price re-release um, on PS3 uh, with move controls. Um... That's sense and sensibility, and also grenades. <laughs> oh, that's real good. Um, uh, so, okay, one yeah. other thing: you can go to future offices because they're obviously there. Um, on the Yakuza thing, because obviously Bath didn't have an arcade in 2006, as discussed on the Nathan Brown episode. Um, But you can go to the future offices and play demos of other open-world games in our games cage. (laughs) Which ones, have you decided? Well, whatever's big in 2006, I don't know. Just pause on PS2. Yeah, maybe (laughs) Simpsons Hit and Run. (laughs) Well, that's
0: 2003, so I, I don't know, like... You know, what, yeah, okay. I like the idea. Is it have to be open world games? You're not tempted to We're put not, like pop well, a bit hurdy gurdy well, in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can go, yeah. uh Kingdom Hearts two, that would be Dr- Driver Parallel there. Lines.
1: There you go, one for Jeremy. There, nice, nice. <laughs> and you get side eyed the whole time by a poorly rendered Andy Kelly, who's pretty sure <laughs> he's pretty sure you don't work there. <laughs> oh dear, this is like. Are we sure this has not become the podcast,
0: us talking about this fake open uh, world game?
2: <laughs> it's at least like 20 minutes. I wish this game existed. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hope but... this is what this is what I'd like Dan Douglas to make after he's made his amazing <laughs> satirical work. I want him to make Bath 2006. Yeah. Full
0: of Matthew Castle fan service. But I want it to look like you know a PS2 era GTA, right yeah. down to the animations of like if you walk into what's it called um, posh hot sausage or whatever it's called, you do that like backing away animation they do where they put they put their, they put their <laughs> arms up. I want to see that in a game, you know. <sighs> okay, good. Right, so I think we've established this. So we're we're <laughs> trapped here forever with the Jane Austen man. If we can't um <laughs> yeah. we can't get ten ten the right result for ten of our different uh, GTA clones here. Yeah, so, basically. Okay, good. Um all right okay so I have, I have an opening statement before we kick off oh good <laughs> <clears throat>
3: um
0: don't get too excited because i did put this together in about 25 minutes um while i was trying to eat a chicken dinner so you know that to be honest that bit there that i just said is funnier than the actual speech itself, <laughs> so keep that in mind okay <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen today the backbone of early northeast game design goes on trial the gta clones In the wake of GTA 3's success in 2001, publishers everywhere looked at the game and said me too in the least creative ways possible, paving the way for countless rip-offs where you drive around cities that today look like they were made from painted cardboard by a four-year-old. Judge Castle, who could only dream more of these games would actually end up on Wii back when he was reviewing his 18th party game compilation of the month for Endgamer, (laughs) I ask you to expand your mind and allow some of these games to reach the Elysian fields of game design. At the same time, I ask you to bring fire and brimstones for those that offend us, people of good taste, dumping piles of dog shit straight into hell. From incomprehensible Marlon Brando impressions to baffling Cockney stereotypes, today we're here to litigate no. the lowest form That's of early noughties school.
1: art. <laughs>
0: today we're here to litigate the lowest form of early noughties art. Open world games, mostly before they were good, and praise be to Judge Matthew Castle, who I think we can agree is the original low
2: poly gangster. Thank you. you <laughs> Uh, Any thoughts on that? Um. Wonderful, beautiful Um, I was was just trying to imagine it read in the voice of the kind of celebrity Who would have been put in these games back in the day Like a Michael Madsen or something (laughs) 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 Yeah I could
0: try and do that, but it would be, yeah, uh, but to do the bed but no, it's not going to work. So, Jeremy, how do you feel about the opening speech? Do you, you're, like, in the epicentre of, like, the game court experience now. How's it going for you?
1: Yeah, surreal. I can, I'm can. i looking at my arms, and they're transforming into lower poly by uh, the second.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, so um, we're about to get into the games. Uh, so, uh, so, a kind of quick, sort of, like, um, technicality note. So, a few shitty crime shooter games that have been discounted here for not being gta enough i.e they don't feature an open world or some such um there's a few games that people mention as gta clones but aren't really gta clones The, the soprano's road to respect is one of those it features the full cast of the um of the tv show but is notoriously crap um, but it doesn't actually feature any open world stuff, so it felt like a weird one to include. It's just um, cutscenes and um, and uh, crime bits, basically. It's um, incredibly have the... uh,
2: quick time to nudity in that game as well. <laughs> <laughs> Very classy, uh, Nordic. Like, if you want to see a, a polygon boob, like you know, a minute, and then you're <laughs> then, then you're off.
0: <laughs> yeah um there was also a miami vice game on ps2 that is just uh, a linear shooter probably existed because vice city got big but um it is based on the uh, 80s tv show of course and uh yeah that's uh, that's also that also doesn't count so yeah i've tried to keep things here that have an open world of sorts i just don't think you can say it's an open world game without uh, without having an actual open world in it so um, i mean that seems legit yeah i I can tell you've loyal before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay good all right let's get into it so um first up we've got mafia city of lost heaven 2002 now i hesitate to call this a gta clone i don't think it is um because it it, it came so quickly after gta 3 just like 2002 kind of game but it was developed over four years and it crossed over with gta's lifespan and just features enough of a kind of like similar approach to gta3 to at least be worth discussing i think we're firmly seeking an acquittal here is that right jeremy oh yeah 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 um matthew original mafia where do you kind of stand with this one
2: uh like the trappings of it the fantasy of being a gangster stepping into that world very exciting like to my mm-hmm. head at the time i thought amazing kind of old school godfather gta that'll be that'll be brilliant uh think it's quite a compelling campaign through line but i think the world around it is is just a backing to that campaign i don't think it has any emergent fun
0: i think that pretty much broadly applies to the whole series really like it's kind of um like a an elaborate movie set you know that's kind Mm. of that's the approach taken but here like um this this was gaming's first great kind of like open world period piece really and arguably one of the still one of the only good ones with no mafia no pride and extreme prejudice <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a very pivotal game along the road so um yeah i don't want to overcomplicate it by throwing the entire series here because um it does change it changes developers twice and um it's a bit too complicated to try and defend the entire series because they vary quite a lot in quality so just going with the first one here but i'm seeking acquittal jeremy anything more to add on why this game is good yeah
1: i mean matthew's right that the the city here is a is a backdrop it's not um it's not a game that seeks to kind of squeeze the maximum value out of that open world um which i guess you know it comes somewhat from the fact that it was made before gta3 came out for the most part um but that, that is a, a point in its favor as well, I think. The way that you kind of spend a lot of time driving slowly around this place, chatting with, you know, Sam and Paulie in the passenger seats, and you, you develop a kind of a, an appreciation for the, the intricacies of that world that you wouldn't if you were speeding around it, you know, hopping from one side mission to the next. And that came, campaign is pretty strong as well. You know, like at a time when I think most action games were afraid to take themselves and their characters seriously this Czech studio had just took a shot at like well we're going to try and do The Godfather, Goodfellas we're gonna, we're just, we're just going to do it and got you know reasonably close considering Like it, mm. it, it hits all the right thematic beats, that whole thugs in suits dichotomy of, of the Mafia and the idea of family and how that always turns out to be bullshit, you know, that doesn't go both ways. If you commit yourself to that family, they won't ultimately look out for you. The idea that you can't retire from the mafia, um, all of that stuff, it it has that feel of that kind of epic that spans someone's whole life. So, yeah, although it, it, it doesn't really satisfying the sense of a world to explore at your leisure although you can kind of roam around
2: it freely there's not a lot to find there um Mm. it is and you get to you get to find it incredibly slowly because of the speed limits (laughs) yeah
1: the speed limits and the the approach to the driving models like i have a theory that because illusion softworks right they've they come from this background of simulation type shooters, Hidden and Dangerous, and I feel like they applied that to the driving in this game. It's really... You know, you get any speed up in Mafia, you better be ready to break long before a corner. <laughs> you could have oh, a hard yeah. time. The crashes are so <laughs> painful in this game. And yeah. and yeah, it's, it's really... It's, it's sort of anti-freedom in that kind of hedonistic GTA way, and I think it's probably
2: quite a shock for a lot of us when we first played it. Mm. But Anti- Anti-Freedom is quite a bold pitch for an acquittal <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: do you know what though? I mean,
2: aren't you just,
1: yourself, Judge Castle, anti-freedom? Is that not your philosophy? <laughs>
2: uh, that is true, and I see a lot of myself in this game It's <laughs> <laughs> like, difficult quite slow moving <laughs> I, I also eat a lot of Italian meats You need um, <laughs> to take 30 seconds to slow down while you're walking so you don't
1: like, yes, careen that's into true. a road yeah, yeah. Final pitch here Uh I would argue that Rockstar has adopted many of the approaches to storytelling in open worlds that Mafia first used. You know, that kind of cruising around Mm -hmm. with someone in the passenger seat, those sort of changes of pace. Um, The stuff that Mafia was laughed at for, you know, the, the fact that you had to drive around, do some taxi missions to begin with. In the sequel, you had to load some crates at the docks. These things that kind of told the character's story and, and it helped you understand why anyone would put themselves into such a risky line of work. Um, you know, oh. this kind of stuff is foundational for how Rockstar tells its stories now. So although yeah. Mafia lost, in the end, I think there's a lot of it in uh, Rockstar's own stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it did
0: win uh, Mafia anyway, not against GTA, but like as a series that's still going. They've just announced they're making another one, so... You know, it is it has persevered. Um, this game, this first game, was definitely revered at the time. I kind of loved how PC it felt compared to GTA Three, which mm. felt very very console. You know, like that that difference was meaningful and quite exciting. Um, and the city had like just looked nicer than um, Liberty City did. It was just a you know because of the. Obviously, the power of PC. So it's also, you know, it looks great in so many ways. Like there's smoke uh, rings in this, I think, of what people sometimes remember about it. Like the characters are smoking all the time in bars, and like um, the, it, it just looks really nice when they're kind of puffing smoke out, kind of adding that level of atmosphere. I think it's legit. So
2: I think it's has big to fan really of the talk. banging soundtrack. Getting in the car, banging on your favourites, like my girl's got a lovely hat or some <laughs> other bullshit all <from> the time. <laughs> I think it's, um,
0: they use some music by, is it the composer Django Reinhardt, who's in like the the Bioshock soundtracks and stuff, like I mm. think it's similar rips from, of that in terms of like instrumental tone kind of music, as opposed mm. to rock yeah. around the clock, which I think is in Mafia 2 actually, to be honest, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. but Mafia 2's got a banging soundtrack anyway, so uh, yeah, ah. um, yeah, I don't know, okay. It- it's, um, I think it's got to be an acquittal, Matthew, because, and to be honest, we've we've arguably we peaked early here, because there's some fucking bullshit to come, yeah. so thoughts? De- definitely. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, maybe I just need to give you this to kind of, like, boost morale and, and keep <laughs> keep the momentum going. I mean, um, we're fine, we're doing okay, I promise. Yeah, I mean, like, just for the record, the debate, is it a good GTA clone, rather than is it just a good game, or is it, is, is it just a good game enough? I think it's like, it's a worthy GTA alternative. Right? Okay. I think yeah, that's the way so to look at it. You know? I was feeling like no acquittal for this. Originally, just on the grounds that I think it's a quite a memorable third-person action game embedded in quite a terrible open-world city. But I take all your points about the PC-ness of it and Jeremy's point about how... This Story structure actually goes on to be quite an influence or definitely sets the tone for, for these things to come, and I like that a lot. So, yeah, why not? Let's 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 acquit. Ch-ch-ch-ch. That's me banging a hammer. Wow, okay. I mean, I'm pleased, very but good. I'm
1: very concerned that that one was borderline because that's some of the best material we've got here. <laughs> oh, right, yikes! <laughs> yeah, we've got a long way to go. Um, right, next
0: up The Getaway 2002 and The Getaway Black Monday 2004 primarily going to focus on the first one here i did have the second getaway game it was in a it's amazing three pound fire sale that Woolworths was doing in like 2006 i got beautiful joe on ps2 007 everything or nothing which i still traded in because i didn't think it was very good and then um and then this yes so um and there was there was something else good but i can't remember because i realized now that makes that sale sound like it was full of dog shit but i promise you it was i
2: good. would have just taken a wheelbarrow to the pick and mix <laughs>
0: i would have just been like
2: pour them in. <laughs>
0: So, let's focus on The Ghetto 8002. Now, this is like uh, in the, with the wake of successful Guy Ritchie films comes along this game, directed by Brendan McNamara, who'd gone to make L.A. Noir and become quite a contentious figure for how the production of L.A. Noir went down. This game promised to... I think at first they said, we're going to do 20 square kilometres of London. And then at the release, they were
1: like, we're going to do four
0: square kilometres
1: of London. <laughs> yeah, what I love about um, that is there, there's, if you look at the map of the getaway, the street density is huge around Soho, which is where... The developer was based, and it just right. gets increasingly sparse as you as you, you come can, out from that epicenter.
2: You could barely fit the Queen's queue in that line. <laughs> nice, topical. Very topical. That's going to date this
0: re- this podcast so much. Jesus, um, people will be listening to this in the the um, post apocalyptic ashes of the Great Britain, thinking, "Oh yeah, I remember when there was a queue?" You know. Um, so I think this this game is a beautiful tribute to early noughties British retail. Um, if you want to see Virgin Megastore or a defunct um storefront, <laughs> you will find it on Oxford Street in this game. Um and I quite I actually think that gives it quite a valuable sort of like time capsule ness. You're you're in this very gloomy looking version of London. It's like always grey skies and like it's always overcast. It, because it goes for realism, the art style hasn't aged particularly well next to a GTA from the time. Um mm-hmm. nonetheless. I think this is just a too naff to um seek an acquittal on. I think we have to go for the prosecution. Do you have any thoughts on this, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue that it's a good game, that that driving in particular is, is horrible. why do I say in particular, in fact? Because the shooting, the movement on foot, all of it's horrible. There's they're kinda of like <laughs> there are things to admire about it. Like it took so many risks. Like it really went hard on the um diegetic thing, which for um, those you know familiar with that word is means basically the interface is within the the fiction of the game you know there are no health bars or well, why didn't you say that then jeremy oh uh, because I'm a, a terrible <laughs> nerd and and uh, journalist but um i <laughs> yeah there's a there's a there's a whole system in this for taking damage and healing that is based purely on observing how many holes you're protagonist oh. has in his body at any given time and then finding a wall to lean against oh, and he just so he just bad. has a breather a sort of like post roast <laughs> dinner <Whew>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he has he's got big fat man after the stairs energy, yeah absolutely like real, oh.
1: yeah and uh, and <laughs> you just have to kind of hover there until he's uh, all of his wounds have uh, evaporated and then there's the notorious um Indication system for getting around the oh. city. There's no arrows. There's no GPS. It's you see whether the car indicators are pointing left and right, and you do your best to to follow that. Um, which I suppose kinds, follows a kind of logic. Your character knows where he's going, and
2: you just sort of oh, that's mad. It's, it's like it's, it's, brutal. It's, it's, not, it's not it's not like a love bug situation where the car is like sentient. <laughs> not not explored. Yeah, exactly no.
1: Not not explored during the course of the story. It really just gives you about 30% of the
0: information you need to get around the map. It's kind of, like, bizarre as a
1: system. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's miserable. It probably should get some points for being going all in on performance capture pretty early as well. You know, that kind of Mm. storytelling was Mm. pretty rare at the time. And although the script is about twice as... Every scene seems to be about twice as long as it ought to be. um, Mm -hmm. There is something... In it, and like you can see the path to La from there. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And e- even in the way that, like, like Mafia, it's kind of like a game that doesn't really make full use of its open world. You're just driving between missions in the city, but once you get to those missions, those areas tend to be particularly lavish. Like, there's a fantastic art gallery, I think, some kind of art exhibit that you go to fairly early in the game and you know there's like a receptionist NPC who greets you and all this stuff that you you get to see as you wander around and it has that kind of um, intimacy and the detail that you would see in L.A. Noir. it just doesn't have the mechanical purpose for it there's not really any reason Mm. other than oh this is cool to see these those environments get that kind of level of polish and, uh, Mm. and detail. It's certainly a bad game, but you can see how it led to a good one. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't give it like, I wouldn't say it's irredeemable or anything. It's more just like it's overall, uh, you know, as well, like um, this is one of the first times that, you know, like a 3D space authentically recreated something in the real world. So that's in the kind of like, um, you know, pantheon of GTA clones. This game has value in that regard. I think it's just, it's just too rough to play. Um, yeah. The way to kind of play it now, I think, is just, you just actually you can type in a cheat code and just play it in free roam mode. Also, the um, the actors in this are terrible. That's the other difference with doing this in the, in the Noir. Yeah, like, um, you look
1: at their IMDb pages and a lot
2: of them do not extend beyond this game yeah. in the past. But they've even got, they've got names which tell you they're going to be... Like, the credits are coming up at the start and it's all, like, starring Gary Spanner and things like that. <laughs> and you're
1: like, uh-oh. <laughs> Although, I did see the lead actor in this game, in L.A. Noire, in a later mission, he, there's a mission that features a boxer, like a British boxer, and he's played by the same actor, and his surname is the same, so there's a kind of implication that maybe those two games are in the same Universe. universe. Like...
2: He's the great grandson of the L.A. Noir boxer. Yeah,
1: there's a kind of like cinematic universe <laughs> that nobody ever asked for going on there.
0: <laughs> but but that's where like you know the difference in quality comes because there's like so much fun to seeing the Mad Men circa two, that season two cast like basically bring that whole game to life. That's novel and quite exciting and obviously a lot of those actors are very very good so um that helps but yes like the lead guy um don kembry that does sound like a made-up name doesn't it um yeah like um sort of the opening of it just has like really excruciating dialogue between like um cockney hardman yeah, that kind of stuff
2: let's just say she's good at spilling a bit of the claret <laughs> <laughs> and it. then like i thought i thought i was working with experts not a bunch of bloody has-beens
0: she's rubbish as well um but like also the the main guy who seems to be having some kind of nap when like his kid and his wife leave the house and is shot dead. like he wakes up and goes susie like his his acting is like all over the place and then he just sort of goes ah and then the game starts and this it's really just like strange and just like proper straight to dvd kind of like um british crime thriller energy
2: to it there's so Um, little of that stuff about now pop culture seems to have moved on from that sort of early noughties obsession that there's a little bit of quaintness to this like i found some of like the enemy chatter quite endearing where they're all like you fucking him up it and all this kind of stuff like enough time has passed that i'm sort of now quietly fond of that again but it's just not it's not that sort of thing at its best and i think no, it,
0: no. that's the thing It's like that genre that subgenre of um crime film at its best was like legit good kind of filmmaking and so it does feel like a knockoff in retrospect it, mm. just a kind of weird complicated game like uh yeah important i guess but but ultimately not
1: good um, weird, so, weird aspect of this is having played Watch Dogs Legion and then revisiting this I could sort of use some of my knowledge from that game to get around which I guess is oh, testament right. to the fact that both of those deeply flawed games did a pretty good job of recreating the same place to some degree but yeah.
2: Watch, Watch Dogs Legion doesn't have like Burger King in it so it's not as
0: good No, <laughs> no, that's true They've got they've got all those kind of randomly generated Ubisoft open world names, haven't they? Like Burger Man and things like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I do, yeah, like I say, I think it's, uh, it is really cool to drive past places that, you know, storefronts don't exist anymore. I don't know how they did it, whether they bothered, like, trying to draw them all or they just took photos. and like They look like them... photos. Yeah, they do. And you're like, like,
2: did they license, like, the, the logos for all these shops? I can't believe that they... Ask the local businesses. Like, yeah. There's small family-run businesses in this game. What's yeah, is it like it? a kind of
0: Google Earth defense where it's like, well, it's a photo I own, so it can go in the game? I've no idea, but... yeah, That's actually... Yeah.
2: What it looks most like now is a, a city and flight simulator. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's like you've flown really cl- This is basically what London looks like in... <laughs> uh, well, no, no, it's true, because if you fly in uh, New York in... The, the recent Microsoft Flight Simulator like it has you can see like the adverts for all the Broadway shows because it does use uh, you know aerial photos to construct it so that game is full of like accidental branding too it's got very similar energy mm.
1: Mm. I mean surely fair use defence ends when somebody can shoot up the shop front of your kebab place which is the only one of its kind in the world it's just it's just your your business that you're watching being uh, yeah wrecked
0: <laughs> but they would just argue all we did was like slap a jpeg to the front of this gray box and say it's your shop and <laughs> y- yeah uh okay so we're going for a prosecution then matthew uh thoughts
2: uh I'd love to be a contrarian and acquit this, but I, I it, it, it's just too ropey. And I remember the sting of disappointment of this being sold as like a big, important contender, but like official PlayStation really went to bat for this one, and yeah. it was just it was crushingly bland after after that hype cycle. So I would love to have seen a third one on PS3. Like I think the PS3 would have been the
0: perfect home for like uh, a slightly ropey like next gen quote unquote <laughs> like. Um, open world game that would have been spot on i think
2: that um vr crime game playstation release that's not related to this universe because that's got a very similar kind of aesthetic and vibe and like characters that is it blood and something blood and glory or something
0: uh, i don't know but i think gangs of london on psp is a spin off of this um which i think is like tied to that sky series in a very vague way as well so yeah um, oh.
1: yeah i think you might be onto something there matthew um i think the Soho Studio now makes some VR stuff for Sony, so there may be right. a direct link there. Yeah,
3: mm.
0: but I think I do. I do think a lot of, or at least some of the core team who worked on the first Getaway left to go work on Elenoire from this point, and then it took that long to get it made. Like I believe that's <sighs> what happened. Yeah, because um, Matt and Morris not credited in the second one. Okay, next up then, 2003's The Simpsons Hit and Run, Uh one of the only good simpsons licensed games breaks springfield into a variety of different districts sexy players the family and apu i believe which is a really really random um sort of (laughs) roster of characters i suppose um has writing from the actual uh one of the actual writers on the show at the time which was bad by 2003 of course the simpsons and was developed by radical entertainment and my my memory of it is that it actually wasn't as good as people said it was um this It's a kind of like revered GTA clone, and it is a proper GTA clone. Simpsons around this time, all they really did was clone different game types. You had the Simpsons Wrestling on PS1. Um, Before this, you had the Simpsons Road Rage, which is just a rip off of Crazy Taxi and not a very good one. And then after this, I think you had the Simpsons uh, Skateboarding, um, so ripping off Tony Hawk. So really went through the ringer. I think the thing they could have used was... um, They could have used a kind of like South Park, the Stick of Truth style open world thingy, like RPG thingy. That would have been quite good for it. Mm But alas, it was passed around. This was as good as it got, but I'm not convinced it was still it was like as good as it could have been um vehicles were just really hard to steer they would blow up incredibly easily and you'd fail missions quite quickly generally speaking not that funny really um has all this kind of like weird off-brand simpsons music playing as you drive through it which it sounds very like good. Kirby enthusiasm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just lots of like chintzy but i will say the developers of this game clearly love the simpsons it's got Quite a few touches that speak to that across the different environments you can explore. The best one is probably the fact that you could drive through the um, Stonecutter's Tunnel to Homer's workplace. That's like a really kind of nice addition. We'd even have the little the kind of classical music that plays as you drive through the tunnel. And um, I think they did like properly care about trying to capture as much of Springfield as they could in probably a short space of time. Mm. So on balance, because the only other good Simpsons game is arguably the arcade game. I think I'm going to go for an acquittal. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Jeremy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like you could have helped us a little more if we are going for a <laughs> acquittal. But, yeah, I th- I think this is the the best Simpsons game, certainly the best one I've played, the best written. Obviously, that's a small and, and dodgy field, but it definitely has something about it. It kind of leaned into the, the more absurd elements of of GTA and it got to be a kind of safe GTA as well you know Simpsons is in a universe where you can effectively kill someone and they're back again next week for the most part it's it's kind of a, a, <laughs> as child-friendly as GTA gets really I do like those kind of like um, road versions of Simpsons environments the fact that you can there's basically a, a drive-through nuclear plant in this game, you know, that's quite a strange and uh, I, I enjoy that they kind of went to that those lengths to make it work for their purposes. Um, mm. My uh, fiance Leandra, her favorite memory of this game is that when you blow up a car, you can then get back in it and drive it around just on the metal. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: so slowly, <laughs> and it was excruciating.
1: Yeah. yeah, but she was annoyed when she played GTA and you, you couldn't do that. That was an expectation <laughs> that she brought over from it. That is probably an important thing to say. Actually, is that this is
0: like this represents the sort of subgenre of games like GTA-like games for people who couldn't play GTA yet in the noughties, of which obviously mm. there were like you know millions of teenagers yeah. who couldn't play GTA. So
1: if you yeah, had a, if you had parents that. that were more responsible than ours, this is where you landed, and you were pretty lucky that it was this and not something much worse. Yeah, and you know it had yeah. some some. Am I going to defend the platforming? Probably best not to go there, eh? <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, Ma-
0: Matthew, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this.
2: There's definitely the sort of magic of being in that sort of Springfield and, and like seeing how it sort of stitches together or how they've stitched it together. Is there a formal map of how Springfield works? No, that's they've always deliberately left it vague so they can make weird yeah. jokes to the geography, you know? That's that's quite weird. I'm, I must admit, like f- from what I've played of this, the way they they try and kind of cram driving into a license, which isn't like f- hugely car focused, you know. <laughs> like what what's interesting in the Simpsons is when characters are on foot and around each other. I you know the, the the driving didn't really do anything for me, and the kind of yeah the very loose platforming. You punch a lot of robotic wasps in this. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> Which is, which is like, not classic Simpsons. There's also, on the humour front, there's this sort of gimmick in it where every level has, like, gags you can discover, which is basically, like, interactive bits of scenery, which tends to be, like, Easter eggs. But a lot of them were... I mean, they're either so... Oh, no, it's, even if they were obscure Simpsons references, the execution of them didn't make me laugh. There's lots of stuff you sort of press a triangle next to, and it just explodes... And you think, well, what was that? Was that a ref? Did that explode in the show? Did his bar- Did his barbecue famously explode? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a bit weak. It actually, what it reminded me more than anything was a sort of slightly half-baked version of what the Lego games would go on to be. Oh, you know? right. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, it, like, arguably, if this is an open-world GTA clone, then so are the, the Lego games with vehicles in them. Well, Lego City Undercover directly is, but... Yeah, I just sort of fa- I found the actual kind of gag craft quite weak, and the volume of gags quite low. It just depends how much you're like, oh look, it's uh, it's like the old guy inside the freezer cabinet in the quickie mart, like good. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> good, but you know, to <laughs> <over> that <here>. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Um, I think you'll find that is good. That is good, <laughs> but
2: but I I am I must I think uh, you're pushing for an acquittal on this. Yeah, that's right. I am convinced by the GTA for people who couldn't play GTA because I remember the pain of this period, not specifically with GTA, but other games where you were desperate to play them and everything sexy seemed to be 18 rated. Not literally sexy, I mean, like, violent. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm i willing to throw it in there. Wasn't this in someone's draft pick? Um,
0: Mine for Xbox, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And here I am defending it today, and also criticising it quite heavily. Yeah. I feel I feel yeah.
1: strongly that if we go back to that episode, episode, we'll discover that you used all of your pros during that one, and we started fully <laughs> on cons when it came to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. probably to try and curry the
2: listeners' favour. Um, I think if, a, the, if yeah. they re-release this now, I think this would do mega, mega numbers. I think there's there's like a desire and a love and a nostalgia for it. Um, so I yeah. think I will acquit it.
0: Okay, all right. well I was not expecting to win that one actually and I thought going for an acquittal might create a bit of drama but what can you say Um, Okay, the next one We get to the one of the only games that uh, GTA openly mocked um, for being a clone of <laughs> it um, So we come to stru- True Crime Streets of LA 2003 Now do I go for an acquittal or do I go for prosecution It's like the unanswerable question with true crime Do you ever play these Jeremy? No, you're on your own
1: here mate I don't know if lawyers right. call each other mate you're on your own here, <laughs> uh, colleague,
2: esteemed colleague. Uh, I mean, nothing undermines a case faster than the two lawyers who are working together and then the other ones, one of them says to the other, you're on your own here, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own here, the right honourable, Sandra <laughs> um, I would, as judge, I'm making a note of that, that <laughs> one of the lawyers doesn't seem keen uh, on this. Motion
1: for it to be struck from the record for reasons to be uh, decided on down the line. I think I'm going to go for... Gosh, it's
0: tough, right? Because True Crime Streets of LA is like a flawed GTA-like that does have its own angle on it. True Crime New York is just diabolically bad. Like a really, really rough game that is firmly out of step with GTA by the time it rolls around. Streets of LA at least has some things where it kind of stands out. Gosh, fuck it. I'm going to go for an acquittal. So... True Crime Streets of LA, you play um, Nick Kang, um, who is like this LA detective guy who can do martial arts. What I liked about this at the time, and I did buy this on day one with my paper round money, because it was like 15 rated over here, rather than 18 rated, so I could buy it, um, is that it did bolt bullet time, and better martial arts onto like, uh, or better melee combat rather on top of the GTA formula set in this, this vast open world that had nothing really of note in there, but (laughs) it was like a kind of breezy fun time. And the, um, there were quite strong delineations between the different gameplay styles. They didn't hang together in the same way, quite the same way that GTA did. Um, GTA did with its driving and shooting is a bit more like you've done the driving section now onto the shooting section kind of thing. Um, I think it was slightly a slightly better shooting experience than g t a was though with its chaotic kind of like lock on aiming and camera. I think it was a little bit better in that regard, but overall it was like quite a rough kind of Hollywood sort of story they try to bolster by giving it these big voice actors um house is absolutely absurd. Oh, there's like three different pathways this game to actually finish it three different endings like a good ending a bad ending and then like a perfect ending i think and yeah. i think it's the bad ending that has like you fighting dragons in it mm. <laughs> like actual monsters and that's when it goes properly sort of jump the shark i quite like the soundtrack god i think i might be in trouble here actually.
2: <laughs> um thoughts matthew i was playing a bit of this and the way it chops everything up into basically like each phase of the mission is kind of a self-contained mission so you sort of drive and then it sort of scores you on that and then you go into a building and have a fight and then it kind of scores you on that i thought it really sort of destroyed the rhythm of the open world like it never really felt like a long continuous journey was ever taking place i think you are right about when you get out of a car it's maybe a better action experience than gta but this is back when I think GTA's on foot game was quite poor. Like, the shooting's fun. You get to do martial arts in rooms with lots of bits of scenery you can smash up. I think there's a a game much further down our list that is like a truly excellent version of this. Right. um, And basically takes everything and, and makes you realize, like, oh, there really was something in that idea. I don't think this game particularly is that. Though I did quite like going in to do. Shooting range tutorials and hearing Christopher Walken (laughs) saying stuff, which is just the sheer excess of like the money being thrown around in this time. And it certainly doesn't feel like mega cheap. It's you know, I'm not saying it's polished, but there's no expense spared here in in many ways. Uh, ROP looks so flux. So it sounds like that's uh, a, that's a, um,
0: not going to happen the acquittal there
2: it almost smooths the edges off so much stuff that it it feels like incredibly arcadey compared to gta i'm not saying gta was like this amazing like life simulation back then that it is now but part of the appeal of these games was to feel like the world was real and you know when you're driving and shooting with all this kind of auto lock on yes it's technically better than playing those similar scenes in like gta 3 but it also just—it f- feels very safe and like a kind of crazy taxi open world game almost. You know, it doesn't have that grit or sense of life or that's that things surprises could happen in this world. It f- it feels very limited in that sense. That's fair enough.
0: Uh, I could have could have gone the easy route there, but I wanted a bit of a challenge. Um, and yeah. it, I don't think it's quite as bad as it's remembered. Maybe like it's not. Not entirely a knockoff in the way no. you might think it is. Yeah,
2: it has it has ideas of its own, and I think, as I was saying earlier, what's interesting in this period is seeing people going like, "Well, I'm going to do GTA, but I'm also going to apply some sort of my action chops, or it's going to be a bit like Max Payne, or it's going to be a bit like this, and that's you know they definitely have their own character as a result. Okay, all right. Next up, then, so that's like three three
0: in our favor jeremy um and one uh not in our favor that's good um you're on your own that's mate. Good. <laughs> uh, that was amazing good moment for the uh, legal team there okay so next up is uh naughty dogs jack two renegade this is actually one i forgot about until uh this morning when i was planning the podcast so jack and daxter 2001 kind of like uh, mario and zelda combined go around this uh sort of semi-open world collecting stuff and um solving these different quests to unlock these basically stars um, in uh, pursuit of finishing this game. Um, notoriously notoriously Very, annoying. very generous calling this Mario and Zelda combined. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> we're well, certainly riffing on those. And you know, yeah, yeah. despite Matthew's um, cynicism, the, the very a very well-reviewed first game and a very well-regarded <laughs> mm-hmm. first game. Now, for a sequel, they it had a silent protagonist the first one. They thought, we'll give him a voice. And The game wasn't badass enough, so we'll give them some guns. They did that as well. But on top of that, we'll also put you in an open-world city where you can hijack vehicles. Um, The year was 2003. (laughs) They had no choice. (laughs) Um, I'm going for a prosecution on this one. Uh, I think it's incredibly fiddly and annoying game. I know we made an exception for The Simpsons' hit-and-run as the kind of, like, a GTA-style game that young people can play. But I think it was a bit too cynical a turn for this series that was maybe they kind of worried that platforming by itself was a little bit too old-fashioned they needed to jazz it up a little bit but i think Mm. over time that first game has aged well and the second one has aged like fine milk um i'm not really a fan um but it did have progressive scan at the time on ps2 so it looked extra nice if you had a good telly but um people didn't need to know that so
2: that's what i'm going for with that one matthew thoughts if they really wanted to make this gritty, they should have had the gangsters from the getaway in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Using
2: their dialogue. Oh, I'd love to have heard that. Um, I mean, you've really painted me into a corner here because you know that there's no reality in the entire multiverse where <laughs> I equipped a Jack and Daxter game. So, uh, yeah, into the tank it goes. Is there a tank? Maybe. Or oh, no, it's it's uh, what is happening to it again? Well, <laughs> oh, no, if you games... fail, you get trapped. You get trapped in virtual bath. But if the games fail, um, I, I don't know that the the guy outside the Jane Austen Center sticks his Regency cane through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or we like um, we cut a kind of like office based style, sort of like musical montage of us stomping on the games. And then, like, there's a bit where we have to hold Matthew back because he's about to properly fucking smash up Jack. Jack, two <laughs> renegade. Oh,
1: um, there was a lot of at, at this time. There were a lot of um, silent platforming characters suddenly cracking wise, weren't they? It was uh, it was an unfortunate development. There's a Rayman three that I've only played with all of the dialogue turned down to zero because uh, they, they traded in a kind of sense of. Uh, Whatever sense of mystery and magic Rayman 2 had for just kind of <laughs> slightly laddish fairies, I don't know. It was awful. It was truly awful.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, that sounds like something worth repressing. I do like the idea that, to your young mind, Rayman had an enigmatic air of mystery. Just <laughs> oh, so you're, yeah. like, Ooh, you're like, who is this man? What's <laughs> this guy's deal? <laughs> <laughs> where where uh, did his elbows go? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we come to the point of this episode which is um Driver 3 2004. Um I played a whole bunch of this because it was just so so mega hyped. Yes, uh, Driver 3 uh, or Drift 3er as it was actually called. Um as in if you search for this game now, Drift 3er is what it is written down as. Jeremy, you're the driver man. Driver 3, is there a case for it or is it does it have to be a case against it?
1: It's the trickiest driver game to defend. Um in that as as everyone who's played it knows, there's a whole um aspect of this game which is completely balked, which is the shooting. Um it's it's less underbaked and more completely raw. You know, it was something that the developer had never never attempted before, and the game was rushed out the door. Um I think Atari had some kind of financial trouble at the time. And they got the sales they wanted, but the damage to drivers' reputation as a series has been permanent, I would say. You know, it never really quite returned to that kind of top tier um, in terms of player expectations because of that. Um, However, the exquisite driving model that powered the first two games is kind of at its peak in this game. I would say it sort of has the depth of... um, you know, an early kind of Gran Turismo or that kind of thing, but it's not chasing a, a kind of real life simulation. It's chasing a cine- a cinematic ideal. You know, there's um mm-hmm. the key inspiration for Driver is a um, there's you know there's a French connection there's Bullet and there's a 1978 film called The Driver by writer director called Walter Hill who also did The Warriors which Rockstar would go on to adapt. Um, and that mm-hmm. just kind of lays out the blueprint for this stuff and it's a form of car chase that yeah it doesn't really resemble real driving, but it's that kind of incredible sliding wide slides around corners, the crunch of impact, that kind of heft the the sense that a muscle car is almost like a train off the tracks like there's a real uh sense of barely controlled uh, machinery to it which is really gripping and the act of driving in these games is extreme hazard perception, basically. You don't really need anything else going on because it fully occupies your attention. The tendency for driving games that step away from simulation, if they're at all arcade, is to kind of punish you less and less for collisions to keep you moving forward to keep you feeling like you're going fast whereas these games really do punish you if you if you mess up and that's kind of core to their appeal for, for me especially these early ones yeah. is that if you like this kind of city driving game that you get you know early GTA 3d GTAs that sort of thing then this is the game where you would get that real challenge. There's a real test of your abilities, and that wasn't really the case anywhere else. Hmm. Sometimes they completely screwed that up. At places, in, in places, these games are horribly difficult, and that's because Reflections, the developer just didn't do any QA testing at the time. It was just based purely on their perception of how hard it was, and they made it. So they had no idea how tough a game they'd made. Hmm. And the other aspect of... Driver that I really love is the stealth component to it, which is there in that original film. The driver, there's a whole sequence of two two drivers kind of hunting each other around streets, and that idea that you know evasion involves kind of changes in pace. It's not always just screaming down roads away from police. Sometimes you're kind of you're staring at your mini map. You're conscious of where those police cars are and you're doing your best to kind of dodge them and find a route through to where you want to be. That's something I think we've mostly lost from this this kind of game. You know GTA 5 has a has a pretty solid kind of evasion and and uh, police system, but this that was something that Driver 3 really specialized in. Mm-hmm. The other aspect is setting. So <laughs> I sent I sent you both the uh, the cinematic intro. For this game, oh, yeah.
2: this was this was this was a bold move. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I was trying to get across, and I'd encourage listeners to watch that intro, um, which is of its time, but it it has a kind of Michael Mannness to it. It's shooting heavily for cool, the concept of cool in that very cold, austere way that um, you know that you might find in the modern or relatively modern Miami Vice or Collateral or Heat. Um, mm. And there's a, a real sort of um, love of the kind of criminal professional. Um, so Michael Mann originally offered the script of Heat to Walter Hill, the guy who made The Driver. And there's that kind of love of that sort of um, Robert De Niro type Character who is so good at crime (laughs) that he doesn't have room for anything else in his life. You know this idea Mm. of of Tanner, the um, the protagonist of Driver. He's he's an undercover cop. They wouldn't let him be a criminal Sony in the beginning because uh, you know GTA hadn't yet made it acceptable and cool to be to be the bad guy. But you know he's essentially a, a getaway driver for various outfits, and he. Um, originally, is a character who basically stares at the four walls of a grotty motel room until he gets a call, and then he goes out into the night and he and he drives people. And there's that kind of underlining this game and all of those driver games is that admiration for this kind of character who is just kind of in in love with the craft of <laughs> of, of criminal driving. I suppose like that's all oh, they're right. about. They don't have any. They don't have room or time for anything else.
2: This is a powerful sell for Driver Three. It's got big. Um, Mr. Smith goes to
0: Washington. Energy like a worry that Jeremy's going to like pass out and then like try and commit suicide if we don't like acquit this game. <laughs> like
1: there's a, a a slight pang of worry there. It's hard to argue that this game is recommendable on a fundamental level, despite everything. <laughs> I think is quite powerful about it there's just you know a fundamental level of brokenness um which is tough Mm. to um to get around but oh man like the highlights of it are really are really great there's um so the central city i think you start in miami you go to nice and then istanbul and so you got nice in the middle there's a mission in there where you are stealing cars and bikes from around the city and you're driving them to a moving target. There's a truck that you have to drive the vehicles onto while it's in motion. And it's just a beautifully elegant mission setup where depending on where which cars you tackle first and what point you are in the mission it's timed and this truck's moving towards its destination. And you have to get all of these vehicles in it before it hits that point. You'll be driving completely different routes because, of course, the the B point in your A to B is always in a different place. And mm. I, I've never played a driving mission quite like that in anything else. There's something quite special
2: about it. It's a really um, full-bodied defense. This sounds like you're going for an acquittal. It's it's got to be
1: right. I mean, I I have to argue for acquittal, but I I know that you may not. Um, <laughs> your justice system may fall down if uh, <laughs> if you if you go with it. I understand that this is a this is a, a difficult um, case for the public to to get behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, although a tyrant, you know, does the public need to be behind you if you uh, if you go for this? No. I don't know.
0: No, they don't. Do the poorly rendered masses need to be behind Ooh. you in this open world hell? Ellscape, Matthew. That's the
2: question. No, no, they all live in fear of the Jane Austen man. So um, <laughs> he's like my enforcer. <laughs> um, like, so
0: Jeremy, um, that has to be. You are arguing for a quitter, right? That has to be it. Yeah, I
1: got it. I got it. It's it's um, it's just part of my personality at this point in these games. So I can't do anything. <laughs> you're in else. too deep.
2: Yeah, you're in too deep. Yeah, Matthew. I just I just have such bad personal memories of this because I really fell for the hype and I read the infamous 9 out of 10 reviews that this got in a couple of places and we bought it and i would say probably the the game that i that i've bought that i hated the most in terms of like back then especially like you know 40 quid this is like a rare opportunity to add a game to a collection and it was fucking driver (laughs) three um like the uh, i i think it's a real toss-up between this and rebel strike on the gamecube for for which f- which game fundamentally misunderstands how a man is meant to handle like, <laughs> driver 3 is like what happens when guys who only make cars get to make a human where rebel strike is what happens people who only make x wings get to make a human and they both are just like the maddest fucking things but yeah. um, that I've but
1: described you... in that the driving model in these games imagine the complete inverse
2: in, in yeah, terms that's the of quality. thing. But like, you know, but I just think you seeing the good in the the core driving, which is fundamentally what the series is about. Uh, it's I don't know. It's 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 sort of I don't know. It's even though I didn't get on with that side of the game, it's it,
1: it has spoken to me. I also kind of admire it for sticking to its guns in terms of it. Parallel Lines is the one that comes out of this, and that is a, G, a true. GTA clone, that's when they sort of give up and go, okay, we're happy to be in this thing's shadow. And they copy the combat model for GTA, the lock-on, all that. And Driver sort of, although it's got a lovely sort of 70s nostalgia thing going on in that game, Driver sort of loses its own personality in that period. I mean, this game is undoubtedly a huge folly and disastrous... For the series going forward, but it
2: does. Mm. It
1: has something about it.
2: <laughs> I mean, c- I mean, comparing this to to Michael Mann is, <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the, the like the most freaking hilarious <laughs> things I've heard in this. No, court.
0: no. But the thing is, right? If you watch that intro, he is right. There's a shot that completely rips off the De Niro in the blue light, looking yeah, out
2: the window. But it's you know. Like... I don't know. That's 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 someone who's had to write a lot of two thousand word think pieces about this. Game. <laughs> that is like, this
1: is a man who's who's is, uh, funded an entire month's living having <laughs> off writing
2: driver pieces. That is, uh, that's that's uh, admirable. I love I love the boldness of it. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to quit this. Wow, uh, it's,
1: it, it's lovely to see the lens. Matthew will go to prevent me from crying. Uh, on the podcast, <laughs> I really appreciate that. No, you
2: made it. You made such. You made such a good case for it. I, I like it. It clearly means a lot to you. I'd be interested to hear from if, if like anyone's read your pieces in support of this, have subsequently played it and whether they actually liked well,
1: it. I mean, here's the other thing. It's incredibly difficult to. To play
2: now, victimless crime. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody actually has to suffer. <laughs> By driver, it. you can't.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Out of interest, Jeremy, because we haven't put it on trial here, but you did mention it. Um, would you have acquit, tried to equip Parallel Lines as well? Do you like it, despite being a GTA clan? I do
1: like it. It's it's weird. It's the only game in the series that's very easily available now. It is on Steam, um, and it's certainly the easiest entry point. It's sort of a parallel rela- uh, reality where every song in the radio. In the seventies, is the the songs you remember from the seventies? Like whenever you get in a car, it's uh, uh, Suffragette City. Like every time, it's it's a kind of um, beautiful nostalgia land. But the cars kind of lose that that heft I described to the, uh, to them. There's it's just quite a lot of compromise inherent in it. And and the director of all the other Driver games, Martin Edmondson, wasn't around by that point, and you kind of feel like. The stuff that is in this guy's bones that he would never have compromised on is is to some degree lost. The Driver is the yeah. first film that Martin Evanson ever saw in the cinema. So it it's sort of like it feels like it fused with his personality and he was then born to create this series.
2: Alright, time extend <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
0: Christ. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right, good. Well, that was uh, that was really good, Jeremy. I very much enjoyed that. It was um, quite the journey we went on. I can't believe you got an acquittal. Holy Neither shit. can I. I think um, I can
1: feel Matthew regretting it already. Yeah,
0: Matthew, who who paid for a game that he hated,
2: has acquitted this game. that's
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's good lawyering. Um, I think
2: that's a term they that use. You know. That's like when you manage to c- convince a judge. You know, when you've murdered the judge's partner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I think you're all right. <laughs> yeah um cuz that situation would be allowed to happen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: okay, next up. Going to go for a real quick one here to um to balance out um you know the kind of like detail we went into in driver 3. Tony Hawk Underground. Now, um 2004. So, Tony Hawk was a series that peaked obviously very quickly. 3 or 4 arguably the peaks depending on how you look at it. I think most people agree 3 is after that there is this period of slow feature creep and them trying to figure out what to do with it and this one comes along it's a much more narrative focused um <laughs> skateboarding game has like the you know same kind of mechanics in it but also adds cars to drive around these vast environments and I think that is a classic um GTA clone feature creep kind of um idea and I think as a result it needs to be prosecuted because I feel like Tony Hawk is never as good as it again as it was during the um early days of the ps2 and while i don't think this is far from like the worst point i do think it speaks to the fundamental we need to get a new one of these out every year quality that leads to the series decline
1: they fundamentally misunderstood the assignment to use the parlance of uh, today's youth that the car is the natural enemy of the skateboard <laughs> and the two should never meet It's just wrong, yeah.
0: So I don't think um, it should. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think this um, this should be allowed to uh, to fly. I think the the um, Jane Austen man should uh, smash it up with his cane or
2: whatever the fuck he pitched. Matthew, thoughts? This series goes to much like worse depths than this. Yeah, it does. I think actually, you might look back on Tony Hawk Underground now and think, oh, that wasn't as bad as I remember. That that was okay. (laughs) But you are right that these, you know, it is perverse. For the, for the skater and the, the driver to unite. Uh, it turned
1: out the underground was only minus one basement level and we could go much, much <laughs> further down with that series. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. I'm,
0: I'm going to prosecute it. All right, good. So we got the result we wanted. Very good. Uh, that's six so far. Very nice. Okay, next up. 2005's Total Overdose, also given the very tasteful name of Chili Con Carnage when released on PSP. <laughs> do, 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 do you think that shows great respect to the Mexican people, Matthew? Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a bit of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I played this this week for the first time, actually, because I wanted to have some first-hand experience of it it reviewed okay at the time got like seven so it's a classic like everyone gave it a seven kind of game puff and edge of course but it is probably the closest to an out and out gta clone in terms of how it plays and looks like even bits of the city when you're doing like um extreme jumps like, it, almost every other street has like a, a ramp in it to do kind of one of those jumps where the camera pulls back and shows mm. you kind of moving in slow motion and then when you successfully do things in the world it even shows you the kind of the kind of sc- the score and the money it gives you the ui looks just so so gta um so i think it, it rips off gta in a lot of ways it has a very uninspiring open world though that's kind of like um south los angeles kind of vibes but boxed up into these different areas not particularly inspiring but mechanically it's okay Again, has the sort of slow-mo thing. Has, again, slightly better aiming and shooting than GTA, which was, you know, it was not the series' strong suit. Only slightly better, but I would say noticeably better. Just really kind of daft, over-the-top story that I think was inspired by, is it the Mexican trilogy? Robert Rodriguez films, uh, Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but just really corny and quite... Just just kind of a bit crap, um, The whole the whole thing stitched together. But, I don't know, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um... I'm going for a prosecution, nevertheless. Thoughts, Matthew?
2: I thought the action in this was quite good. I also played this this week, and I thought, you know, this is a—it's not like a Max Payne alike, but with all the shoot diving and 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 dodging off, you can like launch off walls and things. I actually thought it was uh, reasonably accomplished in 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 that regard. It's again, it's super arcadey, a bit more like the the Streets of LA with combo meters and the like. But I thought this was pretty solid, better than oh. a prosecution. i I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna acquit it. Plus, wow. you can uh, like it literally rips off uh, Rodriguez in that you can get the two guitar cases that shoot turn into machine guns and just spray bullets for everyone <laughs> and that's that's pretty good yeah just absolutely fucking had to find the
0: one judge who's the biggest Robert Rodriguez fan on the planet <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> um, <laughs> any thoughts on this one Jeremy? did pass you I now? had
1: no idea this game existed until you mentioned it uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah uh, this was not discussed between uh, Linkin Park Discussions at school. I I don't know. I don't know where it lived. It's two thousand five,
0: so you are getting on a little bit in the PS two lives. Maybe it all moved on to, I don't know, what was big by then. My Chemical Romance. I don't know. I I think (laughs) you are right. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Okay. Good. So yeah, uh, that's um, that's a good, uh, good, um, unexpected verdict from Matthew Castle. There, I was pleased to hear you uh, go to bat for it, Matthew. Is that the game you are referencing as like a better example of what True Crime tries to do? Uh no. Okay, then I do know. I know what the other game you're talking about is. Then I, I want just wondering if it is this one. No, so, ne- uh, it has
2: some similarities. I can see them. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, next up. God, what a weird combo this is. So, The Godfather two thousand six and The Godfather two two thousand nine. Now, I um, played the former this week for the first time, and I actually reviewed the latter for x 260 at the time i think i gave it a six out of ten gosh jeremy have you played these i feel like these are prosecution material just for like misuse of the license
1: kind of like grounds <laughs> yeah thoughts? i have i have no attachment to these and i have no desire to uh to uh to go to bat for them i do like the idea of a series that begins and knows it can't ever go up to three like it's just not wise for them to go there But also having a sequel that it doesn't call part two, it just calls
3: two.
0: Like, just amazing (laughs) scenes, really. Um, Yeah, the third one could have been, like, The Godfather versus Capcom or something. (laughs) But uh, what can you do? So, kind of like an interesting one in the sense they got actual film people involved with the first one to provide cutscenes and make it slot into that universe against the express wish of Francis Ford Coppola, (laughs) I should say. And apparently... um, marlon brando who tried to record dialogue for this was obviously you know in health and decline was so incomprehensible his dialogue they couldn't even use it or they could only use small bits of it
2: they should have included it as a
0: cheat mode (laughs) i gotta say the person they do use in it is pretty bad if it's not him it just sounds
2: very much and you're like is this is this what ea paid like a million dollars for everyone can do a brando it shouldn't be hard to find a good one
0: yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Everyone, anyone in a pub who's had two pints can do a brand. <laughs> um, the second one has even less of the kind of Godfather identity to it. The first one kind of feels a bit like Mafia, I suppose, kind of like a period piece open world game, but but more 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 kind of straightforward open worldy experience than Mafia was. The second one um, has this kind of like my memory of it is it has this sort of almost like San Andreas gangland kind of like taking over bits of the city at a time in order to secure bonuses and upgrade your crew kind of elements to it but quite an anonymous feeling open world game at a time where rockstar was really knocking out the park very also ran and showed there wasn't really a series in it um an interesting wrinkle but i'm going for a prosecution matthew thoughts on this
2: my only experience of this was playing about an hour of it on wii where this was proper like weird exploded and everyone was trying to lean into the motion control and it had kind of used the Wii Remote and Nunchuck to kind of grab someone by their lapels and smash them against the door and it had all these very cute illustrations of very similar to the Wii Sports demonstration except it was used to sort of extort money by beating up a butcher and things like this. (laughs) So like a very different energy to Nintendo's own Wii output. That aside... A very bland like management elements of this it hasn't got enough like iconic action I guess to like fill, you know to kind of crib from the you know they're, they're more cerebral than that the films so um, it's forced you to do loads of boring little chores quite similar actually to like Mafia 3 I think they both suffer from like manager criminal empire which i just don't want to do in this world you know i want i want like a nice selection of cool missions some fun mini games and then some systems to just tool around with i don't want to be constantly shaking down bakers (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
0: just think it was really like a very 2006 ass choice to turn the godfather into an open world game like just such a poor idea um Mm. and like i do think that people uh, like people like this like it's it's not the least polished game on this list the first one it's like but you know it was reviewed reasonably well in fact just in retrospect it's sort of like maybe you can see why these games declined a little bit when they were doing stuff like this you know mm. um it's just like the the lack of ideas but also the just sort of shortcut of having a
2: license to try and get it in front of more eyes prosecution i think agreed matthew agreed also, I'm throwing in all the lazy games journalists who used, it'll make you an offer you can or can't refuse, which was ev- which was pretty much everyone. Yep, 40 um,
0: games journalists were just um, trapped in this uh, PS2 open world. I,
2: like, uh, I remember joking to uh, Kitsy, who was reviewing it on Endgamer, the Wii version, saying, like, everyone uses all the cliched lines. So I gave him some other Godfather lines to try and squeeze into his review, including, try the veal, it's the best in the city. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he just usually just spread it through the reviewers' cross heads. <laughs> <laughs> just said, Try the veal, especially <laughs> <In> the city. <laughs> oh, that's so
3: good.
0: Well done. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's better than anything in this game, I think. <laughs> um, good. Well, I'm glad we've agreed on this. Tell you what, though, Matthew, it did, it did make me realize I had missed one off this list, which I just bolted on. Scarface, The World Is Yours, also 2006. Oh, good Lord. Um mm-hmm. Now this is I'll get by Radical Entertainment who appear a few times in this episode. Um they were just the open world people for a long time. Um kind of like makes sense that this happened more than The Godfather. I would say the tone of Scarface is pretty like pretty f- good fit for a GTA alike, just a kind of slightly slightly boring open world game that nonetheless managed to get Al Pacino on board probably with like a Tr- a truck full of cash. I don't have loads of experience there, Matthew, but I know that you do, right? You play, you play us a bunch.
2: I did a cover story on it for Endgamer. Um, so I had basically involved playing a lot of the... Well, I don't know, PS2 version, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yeah, having a, uh, my first telephone interview and not recording the interview, just <laughs> desperately trying to write what they were saying. So that's why that feature's only got very short quotes in it, because <laughs> I literally couldn't keep up with them, what they were saying. Immediate prosecution then for this one. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's fine, but again, it has like a almost that sort of Godfather like business element to it. Like there's r- running the kind of drugs empire, which I don't think any open world ever really nailed until GTA Chinatown Wars um, mm, which yeah. made drug dealing incredibly compelling but here it's just just not what I want. As, as if the structure of your game is managing finances in an open world game I think you've blown it. Any thoughts on this one Jeremy?
1: Mm, I think it often happens in games that um, an unlicensed game steals a licences lunch. You know Scarface the game was Vice City The Godfather the game was Mafia there wasn't really any room mm. for these to then be adapted. Um, certainly not if they're not adapted particularly well. And I don't mm. think it does the medium's reputation any good, does it? When this stuff happens, when people look over, oh, what's happening in games and the and the Godfather's become GTA? It sort of just uh, reaffirms people's uh, poor perception of, uh, of video games. Really,
0: <laughs> I think like it. It actually like makes the acquitting Simpsons hit and run. A- like a good choice by comparison, because what I think you do hear a lot of people want wanting that game to come back in some form. I don't feel like you hear the same thing about Scarface and The Godfather. I think people are just like, yeah, they're gone, and it's fine,
2: you know. That is isn't what N Gamer said. There are quotes from N Gamer. I don't think it was quoted on the box, but definitely in the adverts, saying <laughs> a really undercooked quote from my preview, saying it'll grab you right where it counts which was the last line of the preview was, it was something naff, because there's lots... Here's a balls meter in the game. It was like, it's going to grab you by the balls. And Greener thought that was too salty, and so he toned it down. to It'll grab you where it counts, (laughs) which is (laughs) balls, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not
1: sure I would have followed the euphemism as a reader, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) By the way, the the best um, quote that I came across from a review while... uh, Looking into some of this stuff was Eurogamer on Mafia Two, which they called a hell of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they get that a four, didn't they?
0: Quite famously, I say famously to me. <laughs> to me, it was famous. <laughs> four out of ten for Mafia Two. That's like I can see why it wouldn't be some. I can see why it'd be a four to someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I, I can really see. Yeah, it, you know, it like... tells
1: you a lot about the, this context that we're looking at. Really, like I think Mafia Two would review. Well, we've kind of seen Mafia Definitive Edition reviewed well. We're just in a completely different context, and and I think people found Mafia a lot of of work after GTA. It just wasn't immediate enough. (laughs) A hell of boredom. (laughs) It will grab you by the boredom. Um, Okay,
0: very good. So next up then, we come to... Arguably the king of GTA clones, Saints Row 2006, and the whole series we're throwing in here. There is definitely like a, per- a long period where people are GTA-deprived. Um, not as long as the period we're living in now um, for GTA deprivation, although obviously the game got leaked, etc. But there was three and a half years there where there was no new GTA... Um, So it made sense that all these games actually started popping up in around 2006, 2007 time because, you know, um, San Andreas had come out and they were like, okay, we need to move the series to HD. Massive undertaking. Saints Row comes along. First one's exclusive to the Xbox. Um, It is, I would say, it and the second one are quite poor taste, kind of like GTA knockoffs in terms of tone. But then the tone very clearly softens as you get to three and four becomes a lot more wholesome quote unquote as the kids say and then kind of like sort of like has this has like a gat out of hell spin-off game becomes this sort of superhero franchise and then goes on hold for a long long time comes back this year with a not very well reviewed uh new entry that we discussed on a recent podcast but i think as a whole the series has been a like a net positive in the GTA clones like um deal, I guess. Like it's it, it you know, they've they've given more than they've they've taken away. Um I think that Saints Row, particularly the, by the third one, I was there thinking, well, this isn't, you know, as good as like GTA, but in a world that didn't have GTA five in it yet, it definitely had a place. And um it was kind of on the the wackier end closer to San Andreas World. Well, GTA was you know, not too serious, like the right level of seriousness that I liked, but it was a nice contrast for sure. So I'm going for an acquittal on Saints Row. Jeremy, I'm guessing you agree
1: with this. Yeah, my my experience with this is pretty much entirely focused on Saints Row the Third, which I think is the point in the series tonal journey where most people agree it was at its best, um, and it was the right time for it. You know, Rockstar had voluntarily relinquished the Absurdity of GTA by GTA Four, you know, from a storytelling perspective, and it was kind of wide open for someone else to claim that, and that's that's what Volition did and did it pretty well. I do think like the quality of the storytelling of this game is slightly overstated. Like it's, yes, I agree, with it's that. fun, but there's no real effort to make it hang together. Even though it has like has some some lovely character moments you know where characters are singing together in the car and what have you it, you can't really argue that there's you know great it's not a brilliantly written game um and i i, I don't think that's what the series is uh, is really known for we're going for an acquittal on this one matthew castle your thoughts entire on series in- oh yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak for the whole series.
2: I don't know. You're a big, you're a big fan of uh, Saints Row One and its Go and Collect the hose minigame. Oh I mean, <laughs> it's
1: not, it's not entirely gone by the third either. There's still like an inc- uncomfortable use of kind of hip hop culture uh, as a crutch in that game, uh, which hasn't aged well, obviously. Um, big Fred mm, Durst energy to some uh, of those yeah, games, I would say, very much so. Um, but it does capture something of, like, the the early 3D GTA games, they had that nice sort of unreal element in the sense that if you were being pursued by the cops and you knew where all the wanted stars were in the area, that was a really satisfying and rewarding thing to do, was, like, learn how to exploit that stuff and suddenly the cops behind you would just kind of... Well, fair play, mate. You knew where all the wanted stars were, didn't you? So uh, I'm going to have to let um, you go. And Saints Row the <laughs> Third does have that energy. Like, my favourite thing to do in it, it's got a ridiculous like drone strike weapon that it's basically pulled from Modern Warfare. And so my, my favourite pastime was to target the gang hideouts in that game. See so if I could hit every enemy in those hideouts with a single drone strike and then I'd immediately be kind of five starred by all the all the gangsters in the area and the best way to escape in that game is to enter one of your properties you know there's a property building aspect which we'll gloss over because we know Matthew won't respond to that but uh, (laughs) there's a if you own somewhere and you go into it you're immediately safe you know pursuit ends and so often I've been in chases, and I'll come to a building which I don't own, but I have enough money to buy. So I'll immediately just drop the cash for uh, for like a closed <laughs> shop at the doorstep, run through the doors, and and just be immediately safe. And there'd be a bunch of what a baller, yeah, alive. a pile up of gangsters right outside the front door. And like, oh mate, I mean, I can't argue with this, can I? So uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call it quits and move on. Um, is, it, <laughs> is there anything like Quietly
0: more tasteless In games than like drone strike As like a cool power Like yeah.
1: <laughs> I've, Reflects I mean? poorly like, on me That yeah. I back that doesn't it really I, I didn't give, specify any criticism For that but yes that's bad and wrong
2: He's not just using his drone strike But he's a powerful landlord Yuck <laughs> <laughs>
0: what's more offensive, <clears throat> uh, drone strikes or collecting hoes, you decide? Um, so um, I think we have to go for an acquittal on this because I think it's the ultimate Saint- yeah. GTA clone in a lot of ways. And I think that to dismiss this would be to dismiss the entire concept of a GTA clone. Um, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it makes it right? <laughs> yeah. Matthew. We'd have to
2: shut this episode down. Yeah. Hmm. We'd have to shut this episode down. <laughs> um, no, uh... <laughs> as i was saying earlier with true crime this leans towards the kind of arcadia gamier kind of open world game where i think a lot of the magic of the genre for me is the wow i can't believe they've recreated the world in in such amazing detail but i also know that you not everyone can deliver that and this leans so hard into the fun side of the open world game I just don't think you can possibly prosecute it I mean I, I wish it was just Saints Row 3 and 4 I have no love for the for the original two but as a you know as a whole I think we've got to got to include it we've got another another point Joe we only need one more and now we've won some might say this episode was conceptually
0: flawed from the start <laughs> um. incidentally
1: I feel like Saints Row was done the moment that Rockstar folded the Silliness back into GTA with GTA 5. Like, mm, I feel there's like an argument the, for that. I feel like yeah. this, this reboot was kind of buried in that moment long ago. It took away Saints Row's purpose and it had a good purpose. Um, but now, GTA online, especially, happily sort of encompasses all of that stupidity as well as the, the kind of mafia esque storytelling. So, where do you go? Mm.
0: I still think it just needed more of an angle than it had, which was just a bunch of people like hustling <laughs> as we discussed in the episode. Just doesn't really like go on. Oh, this if some is,
2: people this... did some things. <laughs> yeah. Mm, like this is the big
0: this is the big narrative pitch. This is why we're in this city. It doesn't really do that. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. Um, that's not very good Chris. is it let's just move on (laughs) um so next up is just cause and the whole series now i thought that like just cause was really refreshing when it debuted in 2006 because it was the game that was just like with a game with scale but what scale and it was very very pretty if you just bought an xbox 360 at the time to just sort of like um go look at some nice tropical water while flying a plane around blowing up some bases going off then the second one comes along. And it's like, there is like a true generational leap there in terms of like how much they're able to put on screen. They um, give you like uh, the sort of like the parachute and um, they give you the grappling hook. And that allows you to pull yourself around the map using the parachute. So you don't even have to get in a vehicle if you don't want to. And so that had a very exciting physics-y momentum aspect to it. The 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 thing with all these games is they still never quite shook off the idea that the game that the maps don't have much identity like the individual places are just a bunch of like prefab buildings you um, blow up barrels around essentially and kill troops in um, but it did it seemed to own that at least you get to the third one and it's like it has this wingsuit but it kind of feels maybe a bit too similar to the second one even though it lets you do a lot more elaborate stuff with the different with the grappling hook um, using it more as a kind of like tool for fun explosions and things and the fourth one comes along and adds like weather as a usp and that that didn't seem to get go down very well that fourth one although i didn't play much of it i'll confess i
1: don't know jeremy
0: do you think this is an acquittal or do you think this is, uh we prosecute
1: i have very fond memories of uh of two and specifically the demo that was put out on 360 at the time um it was a time demo and you always started in the same place at the top of a mountain it was, it was almost kind of like showing off of Look how many different things you can do within ten minutes, starting from this point in this map. Mm-hmm. It really kind of, um, you know, demonstrated that game's best qualities in terms of immediacy. That you could just hurl yourself off this mountain, and you could be blowing up bases or doing a mission. Although I wouldn't advise that because the missions were always the worst part. But you could you could be <laughs> doing something ludicrous within seconds. Uh, it kind of stripped out all those kind of moments of quiet that came with the 3D GTAs where you flip your car and you just had to kind of hike back to a highway or what have you. It just, it just wasn't into any of that. It was all colour and noise all the time, which is which is a great thing. But the, the storytelling and the missions were always atrocious. I have a distinct memory of the voice acting of revolutionary leader in that demo and her intonation is so strange that it's stuck in my head forever leader of the revolutionary army known as the reapers why would you pronounce reapers that way it's an extraordinary thing <laughs> prosecute then prosecute then based on that what do you reckon i'm stuck i'm stuck i feel like i feel like it did something important i feel like it cut to the chase in a way that was valuable to people and kind of showed the way forward for some open world games that we see today. Like if you go to, to go back to it now, not gonna stand out particularly, but that's maybe because there are a lot of games in that model now. So I'm gonna I I wanna go to bat for this one.
0: Alright. It's uh we're going for an acquittal, uh, Judge Castle. Um I think that it's the ultimate, like, play it for five hours, get everything you want out of it, you know, steal an airplane, ride on top of it. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, have your fun, kind of fly from the snowy bit to the beaches, um, parachute all over the map, and then kind of move on, and that's okay. That's, and that's a perfectly fine relationship to have with a a game. I don't know if it, like, comes to much, though, in terms of, like, influence on the genre or mm. anything like that. Like, I don't know if it has... The best exponent of it is probably Avalanche's own Mad Max, isn't it?
1: Um, I feel like where, where Far Cry scale. is today is a lot closer to what Just Cause was then.
0: Right, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, thoughts, Judge Castle? I guess we'll go for an acquittal.
2: Amazing scale, certainly like the sort of physics possibilities of the moveset and the tools it gives you, but I just think it it never finds a... Particularly interesting game to use those tools in. Um, You've said it there, five hours. It's an amazing demo. We played Just Cause 3 and had a very good press trip to Germany um like basically like the ideal way to play just cause is to play two hours of just cause three and then go watch an avant-garde jazz act called baby man
0: while getting drunk with ian dixon that's it
2: basically (laughs) those are really the only conditions in which (laughs) i i enjoy just cause and i don't think those conditions are open to many so i'm actually i'm gonna prosecute this one okay fair go. we have we've not won yet jeremy um
0: okay Justice has uh, struck uh, yet again. I'm regretting our um...
1: no-win-no-fee sales pitch in this (laughs) moment.
0: (laughs) It's good, though, because um, I think there was a, a bit of a pause there where you had done driver three and you were like well my job is done now but then you kind of
2: really kicked into life the last couple so i'm, I'm feeling good about partnership. Yeah, you know, it's working yeah. out. i love to hear this analysis between lawyers during court it's always good it's yeah. good to do a post-mortem of the case during the case it's <laughs> just, just like better call saw isn't it
0: next up crackdown 2007 crackdown 2 2010 and crackdown 3 2019 going for a straight acquittal here um jeremy i'm assuming you agree i do know that like there's a bit of diminishing returns with crackdown although i think crackdown 2 is a little bit underrated they did add a bunch of zombies in it but they were kind of cool but it also added a gravity gun which is actually a really cool thing to have in an open world using a gravity gun to fling cars around that ruled i don't think it was so bad the third one was kind of like received apathetically but i think that first one um in terms of like i guess it's not really subverting the gta formula but the idea of like my friend will get in a car and then i'll chuck him in the car off the top of this building was something that hadn't been done in these games before, and like really added to the open-world template that GTA had debuted. Um, and um, Xbox 360 players at the time went wild for it. So, yeah, I think a straight acquittal here.
1: Thoughts, gang? Yeah, no no argument from me. Although, all points bulletin does come out of this lineage, so we'll just uh, conveniently ignore that fact. That, the Dark oh, yeah,
0: that's Apprentice.
1: Cool maybe should have talked about that.
2: So yes, thoughts Matthew? You know I can't prosecute Crackdown so one of the greatest power curves of all time just the the gradual accumulation of strength and athleticism the way you collect orbs and just conquer more and more of the city, I mean, not just in terms of combat, but just being able to scale ever greater heights, climbing the tower, one of the most iconic set pieces in any video game, I'd say, incredibly satisfying. I think that core of the game is so good that even, like, the reaction to Crackdown 3 may be apathetic, but if you start playing Crackdown 3, you will think, oh yeah, this, the orb stuff is still fucking great. It's, it's a banger, Crackdown really good completely its own thing as well like you maybe go in expecting it to behave like a gta game but it it just doesn't at all it's all about that crazy momentum of kind of power gain yeah the satisfaction of like um being able to climb a type of building
0: you couldn't before because you can reach the upper ledges a little better than you could previously um, Mm. and just how the entire city was built to accommodate that real good yeah, that third one, I know very little about that
2: third one. Should I play it? What do you reckon? If you strip it all away, it is just crap down. You know, get the orbs get the satisfaction of that. The thing that they promised that they didn't quite nail is the idea that as you're kind of taking out each of the, the different enemy bosses or factions, they are becoming like more aggressive presence in the city. You know, they'll start putting down loads of gun turrets everywhere. So, you know, things are meant to be escalating as your power is increasing. But I, I they didn't quite land it for me. I like the pitch, though. All right, well we got our acquittal, so we have actually won now. So which takes oh, some of the drama. So out So of you get to leave virtual path.
0: <laughs> it's it's not so bad here, you know. This um, low poly game station, I'm uh, having a great time. So just four more prototype and prototype two. So 2009, 2012. I thought these games were kind of awful. Actually, I thought they were like off-brand superhero games where you played as um, the second one less so but the first one you were just like angry white dude in a hoodie like alex mercer stomping on civilians and absorbing them with his weird um kind of alien superpowers and uh i just thought he was kind tacky and naff i'm prepared to hear counter arguments on this though jeremy do you play ever play these
1: no um although my my best friend at school his little brother is called alex mercer and he was lovely so this never really landed for me as a sort of. Uh...
2: You <laughs> um, never, you never threw an old lady off the top of the <laughs> uh, English. No, department. no.
1: So it didn't really, yeah, it didn't really work for me as a sort of uh, badass on the edge uh, name. There um, was this one radical. The. Simpsons hit and run yeah. game. Yeah, 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 hell yeah, it was radical. <laughs>
0: their last <laughs> their last, I believe. It was their last last games before they I don't know, did they get made to make Call of Duty maps? So I assume that's what happens to Yeah, this
2: was studios, when
1: Activision but... was just melting down everything that wasn't Call of Duty.
0: Matthew, I'm kind of hoping that you'll
2: have like a counter argument to
0: this because I'm going for a straight prosecution, my
2: friend. I mean, it's got the classic just cause thing of like a, a just a terrible world, terrible mission structure in it. Like, there's nothing interesting to do. The central character is a, it's a, is a really good set of powers i think like your ability to cause carnage i'm gonna grab thing this thing with a tendril and throw it. i'm gonna chuck this helicopter out the sky i'm gonna get into a tank you, you could stitch stuff together in a very satisfying way i thought it put a huge amount of power in your hands i was quite fond of the first one Not. i don't think it's like a stellar game i think i maybe mentioned it in the, the seven out of tens but i, I remember thinking it had a sort of style to the action and the way that you could just string stuff together and you were quite unstoppable. It's probably closest in tone to like a Spider-Man open world game, say but it just had a, a little bit more like bite to it transgressive you know what you do with that character is the same old stuff again it's like you could sort of, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. sort of absorb people and and take their form and oh, use become that. like an
0: army major to infiltrate a base i remember that one
2: the same texture army general infiltrating the same base layout 50 times across the campaign it was completely lacking in imagination i mean at a
1: certain point you think they develop like a list of questions to ask the army majors when they come back into base just looking a little bewildered and off-key like what is your daughter's name that
2: sort of thing throwing any old ladies off the top of the empire state (laughs) building (laughs) there's Um, also like
0: a bit of a kind of like everything about this has a that layer of like c minus at gcse to it which is like even when you go into like the menu and look at the different bits of story it was called the alex's mind web and you're like everything in this is quite daft
2: that is true that is true uh,
0: but you know true. we're here to create podcast gold matthews so if you want to go for it i won't i won't stand your way i can't you're the judge
2: no i think for the same reason i didn't allow just cause in like just cause is a, is a better game than prototype i, c- I can't possibly um equate this next swap then I'm going to lob it off. That I'm going to throw prototype off the top of Bath's tallest building, which actually isn't that tall. It's only like probably three floors.
0: <laughs> it's that block of flats I live in, isn't it? Probably. That's like about uh, as tall as it yeah, gets. But
2: In 2006, that wasn't there. It's probably no. like, I'm going to chuck it off the top of home Homebase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it doesn't die. It just gets slightly injured. Yeah, it you just know. gets tangled um, in yeah. a rack
1: of uh, trolleys. And that's
2: where it ends. <laughs> well, I'd probably throw it off the roof of Homebase and then uh, Matthew Garza would find it on the way home from work and probably <laughs> keep it. So,
0: Oh, okay. Um, good stuff. So we come to one of the true gems, I think, of this. Has to be a straight acquittal for Sleeping Dogs 2012. Part of me wondered if I should have bolted this onto the true crime entry because mm. this started life as a true crime game made by Activision. They ditched it, presumably, so they could make more Call of Duty things and uh, Crash Bandicoot remasters or whatever. And so it's got passed along to Square Enix, who gave it this very strange name. But a lot of the mechanics in it and how those mechanics are kind of divided up very much recalls what True Crime did in terms mm. of like, you know, the sort of melee combat, driving, etc. around this like very beautiful rendition of Hong Kong. But I think that this has to be like an acquittal because when I talk about, wanting like gta clones now this is the level of game I, I want you know what i mean like i want this level of fidelity and this mm. kind of like you know great voice acting decent writing you know all the mechanics feel pretty good but it doesn't feel the same as gta this is like the ultimate modern gta clone to me um mm. jeremy do you ever play this one
1: i haven't played it actually but um phil of Anjot wrote a really good um retrospective of it for me recently and yeah, I think, you know, developers of these games are always talking about the city as a character, that kind of thing, and I think if you do Hong Kong and you do it well, then that's more than halfway to being a great
0: GTA clone. Always, like, perpetually available on PC and PlayStation and Xbox, Xbox
2: has the frame rate boost, of course. Yeah, really so good. They, yeah, because they re-released it for Xbox One and PS4, didn't they, and they sort of upped it, and it's a really good-looking game. Yeah, for a 10-year-old game, this
0: looks like, yeah absolutely amazing Um, so I I think it has to be an acquittal Matthew
1: thoughts
2: this is the thing I was referring to earlier which is just yeah I'd I'd sort of semi forgotten it was a true crime uh, origins of this but this is everything that true crime promises you except it just does it really well the combat is um, like a a decent Batman Arkham clone I'd say it's it's not got the same snap or bite to it. it's a little loose around the edges but the driving's really fun Uh, it's got like a quite a boisterous shunting mechanic so there's a lot of like burnout sort of scenes where you're shunting cars and they're exploding in slow motion things which is quite jolly i I think it treads that line between that kind of silly arcadiness and the wow this world looks really comprehensively recreated it has mm. it sort of ticks both boxes this is probably my favorite game on this list yeah and probably like the one like if if you were going to play one of these and go out and like you hadn't played any of them this is the one i'd recommend playing
0: very very sharp doubly safe so for xbox series x owners as well get that nice frame rate boost just looks sp- absolutely fantastic um Mm. yeah rip united front games um eight years too early when they were closed down to be acquired by embracer group so uh (laughs) tough break
2: um good good radio stations as well because it's got like pop but it's also got some sort of local pop you know it's got like you know english pop music that's been imported and but it's also got uh yeah loads of local color as well it's really cool yeah it didn't get any like flack
0: for you know getting it like mega wrong or you know what I mean? Like it, you get that a lot when place, you know, when Western developers try and uh, like capture the life of a city where they have no first-hand experience of living there or whatever. Um, mm. I suppose I am assuming a lot there with the developers, but this game just seemed to get un- universally praised for its portrayal of Kong- Hong Kong, which was um, yeah, um, really cool. So please give an acquittal there. Second to last one, a real quick one here. Dead Rising 3 2013 added cars for the first time. Um, I gave this a 7 at the time for Games TM, and I do think it was not quite not that bad. It was like this is like a fringe case, I would say, for a GTA clone, because the cars were kind of just added as a means to an end but there was a lot of like um, soup up your vehicle and put little bits on it to um, make it easier to drive over zombies and kill them, but certainly the idea of driving through this kind of like Walking Dead colour palette, cityscape to get from one place to another it felt like it was kind of like a post-apocalyptic riff on a gta i suppose not sure whether to go for an acquittal or a um prosecution on this one and maybe lawyers go through this all the time i don't know not sure which side i should take um whoever's got the most money i guess i don't um, think when you're
1: presented a case by a client they give you the choice of whether to go to yeah. prosecute them or acquit them i'm not sure that's how yeah. it goes
0: <laughs> No, and you and I are clearly uh, legal specialists, so uh, (laughs) yeah. Going to go for an acquittal on this one. I think the Dead Rising games from Capcom Vancouver would ultimately come to nothing, but I thought this was all right for the time. Um, Quite a handsome-looking thing that, I don't know, riffed on open world games quite nicely thoughts Matthew
2: yeah I think it's okay didn't jump out as like the GTA-ness of it was what was special it was more like here's a traditional dead rising experience with this kind of vehicle wrinkle as a thing I didn't I didn't hate it yeah as a thing I didn't hate it that's (laughs) why they let me write for edge this is this is me trying to tick as many boxes as
0: possible basically with GTA open world GTA style open world games Last one then, Watch Dogs 2014, Watch Dogs 2 2016, and Watch Dogs Legion 2020, games that feature driving by Reflections, Ubisoft Reflections, Unleash the peak. That's pier. right, Go I held
1: down again for a bit there, but I'm back baby, <laughs> it's Watch Dogs time. So yeah, there's a whole origin story for Watch Dogs where it was a driver game developed at the same time pretty much as Driver San Francisco, the weird but brilliant um, Tanners in a coma and... Drifting between the consciousness of different drivers, that game was happening at the same time. Didn't perform particularly well. Um, sorry, that was very corporate language, wasn't it? It didn't sell very well. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so they that you know, uh, driver became watchdogs. Basically, this uh, this Canadian project, which I think got two things fundamentally very right, in that it it has all that kind of grounding in car chases that Driver has is very committed to making that sort of that that journey uh, across the city really gripping to enable you to hack bits of the environment and to just kind of ramming cars off the road is very satisfying and it does the whole car stealthing properly up to the point where you can even turn off your engine and kind of go unnoticed as a as a cop passes by, so long as they're not too close to you. It's quite a sophisticated system. And on the other side of things, it plugs in the cover stealth from Splinter Cell Conviction, which is one of the best things Ubisoft ever came up with, was this kind of, I guess, rooted in in gears and that whole cover shooter movement to make this very immediate action stealth thing. And that's just as is. It just appears in Watchdogs, And, you know, given sort of... GTA's iffy action reputation even now that was it's kind of offering something that uh, wasn't really available elsewhere in those games um, the problem mm. of course being the protagonist you know the the story of what in watchdogs one is is fairly well told um, but Aiden's just a, he's just a tough hang ultimately he's just not a very nice man to be around and although he's he's quite popular with the watchdogs fan base um he's never really you know he's just very difficult to root for unfortunately so <laughs> that's that's made the biggest cool. downside of that first game really um despite the city being kind of wet and sad but also quite beautiful <laughs> and autumnal and you know, I recommend taking a boat out in that city and just, you know, you can kind of drive beneath all those famous Chicago bridges that, uh, you know, loop district and come out the other side. And it's it's still quite stunning in its own way. Um, but it just had a massive <laughs> problem right in its core, which is just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But there, there's something about it that reminds me of... Um, you know, very early GTA 3 and you talked a little about this on the podcast before that there was room to kind of experiment in your approach to missions back then and, you know, Rockstar abandoned that pretty quickly when you get to Vice City it's all very structured spectacle and set pieces in the missions but Watch Dogs 1 does have that thing where, for instance you have this mission format where there's a convoy that's moving through the city
2: Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say I like the hijackers. Yeah,
1: really good stuff. And you can you know, you can uh kind of punt an ambush spot at a bridge, you can you can pop some, some bombs down, you can hack the bridge so that it it lifts at the precisely the right moment and then you can kind of go in shooting or one of my favourite memories is punning it so that I was on a railway bridge with a motorbike at the time the convoy was passing underneath which is no mean no easy feat but managing to snipe the target and be away on this motorbike across a railway bridge onto another island before anyone could, uh, could pursue. That kind of stuff kind of lives in the memory because you're able to actually come up with how you tackle something and that's pretty rare in this kind mm. of open world game um mm but yeah the easier one to defend is watch dogs 2 which does all of that but with characters who aren't hateful um <laughs> despite <laughs> there was a kind of real worry before it came out that it was going to be incredibly hello fellow kids and that arguably is to a degree but those characters work much better than they should and it feels like that real sort of gang of friends that the saints were a reboot was clearly going for they are good, nice to be around. San Francisco is beautiful and colourful and sunny, and it's one of the most kind of joyful open world games you can play. And it's actually, it feels like more than the sum of its parts. It has an incredible soundtrack from um, Hudson Mohawk, who does kind of like fragmented sounding hip hop instrumentals, is how I would describe it. He's Scottish. Currently best known for, um, you know that Reddit thread where the uh, the guy talked about um, having sex to a particular track, and that everyone oh, yes. lost their mind when they heard the track. That's Hudson Mohawk. <laughs> oh, right. Oh.
2: Whoa. Wow. What infamy. Yeah. That song. I played that to my mum. It made me laugh so much. I, had to t- I was telling everyone I could find about it. Oh man, that was funny.
1: But yeah. Watch Dogs 2 soundtrack which doesn't kind of play throughout it just sort of plays in key missions and that sort of thing is really special so that game uh, occupies a kind of um, a, a sort of key place in my in my open world memories uh, and then mm-hmm. Legion <sighs> bit of a bit of a sad one that you know to have someone like Clint Hawking lead a game like that who's, you know, always been one of Ubisoft's most ambitious creative directors, did Far Cry 2 and spent this whole chaos theory and had come up with, with this whole idea of, you know, finally delivering on that idea in early Watchdogs of, you, you know, when you could just kind of select someone in the street and vicariously see who they are, uh, the idea that that would be real, that they would be actually going about these lives and that you could influence them in some fashion. Really solid pitch, but finished game kind of feels like they spent so much effort getting this thing to work that everything else, nothing else really advances from the the previous Mm -hmm. game. It kind of feels like there's this massive switchboard, this powerful machine that they've created and only some, you know, half of the game is plugged into it it feels like it; they never really got to the point where it was taking full advantage of this this super clever system they built you, you get yeah. these moments where it comes together where you know, you take a corner too fast and you run someone over and the game informs you that you've just killed the stalker of somebody who was on the fence about joining DedSec and they're now on board and that's Incredible if stuff like that was happening all the time that connected up the chaos of a GTA game with that sort of uh, clever emergent stuff, that would be amazing. But that's not really what the experience of Legion is like a lot of the time. Mm. And they completely fucked the driving. I don't know how to get more than two stars of police presence in that game. It's impossible to muster a a police chase, uh, which for me, as you can imagine, is upsetting. Uh, And (laughs) I think Reflections were still involved in the driving in that one, but it just doesn't seem to really function. I don't think London is a good driving city anywhere. I don't think anyone has ever thought that of London. Um, So yeah, yeah, that's a sad point.
2: As a place as well, oppressed London is not a it like takes it strips so much character out of the city it's not a fun, it's not a fun place yeah, to be yeah and happen. although it
1: has kind of strengths in that world building it doesn't ring true just the idea they, there is never you don't see any politicians in watchdogs legion and if there was an oppressed london you know a dystopian uk politicians would still be at the heart of it 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 doesn't make sense to just kind of see you know private military companies they're backed by a government that you don't really see it doesn't really like where is this coming from where's the ideology what is this you know where's the connection to the UK we live in now it doesn't really
2: feel right it's just this just sounds like the the rant of someone who wants to run over an MP in a military (laughs) (laughs) that's it yeah that's it
0: that's a really good overview of the series there Jeremy I really like that um oh gosh yeah i should really play Watch Dogs 2 properly at some point that's uh a pile of shame game for me. i played it for like an hour and i was like oh i don't get to go to gdc anymore so it's nice to just be in this city for a while and it does <laughs> feel like this city um and yeah the tone of it did seem to be spot on especially when they added like non-lethal weapon options too real real good so i think we have to go for an acquittal there because ultimately i think it's a kind of a flawed series overall like i think the hacking mechanics i, I never i've never You know, across the three games, I've probably played about 12 hours of these, but I just think it maybe lacked a fundamental excitement factor to those that that stopped the series from being like that sort of like mega uh, GTA alternative it
1: could have been. Sure. Maybe that's harsh. It comes into its own with Watchdogs 2 when they make cars hackable and to a really granular degree where like cross circle, square triangle are front, left, right, backwards and you can press them kind of in succession and become really good at kind of remotely steering a car to run over some guards and do block entrance ways and this kind of thing and then when you kind of get into those the base assaults, which are still really good in Legion, they're just not pushed forward in any way they've got a little of that sort of Deus Ex style like there's there are a bunch of ways into this place you might throw a little robot through event, you might um run over a bunch of cars remotely cars remotely with a car. You might play it like Splinter Cell. And that stuff is you know, especially when compared to GTA's you know, the you know, its direct equivalence in that regard. Like GTA five appears to have a stealth system. Nobody knows how it works really. Like You still just do things the way Rockstar tells you to do, essentially, in that game. So it's cool to have uh, uh, developers that are trying to give you freedom of approach within a gta clone well a good a good case
2: acquittal then uh judge castle i think so the idea of an open world game that is maybe a bit more interested in sort of systemic stuff and the kind of emergent fun in that my memories of these games are the moments where you're kind of cooking up mad solutions to things i think that makes it quite unique um they'll one day make a version of this which marries all that to like a really compelling central storyline even Watch Dogs 2 what I played of it didn't didn't quite do it for me in that regard there is a stellar game in here somewhere and you soft have, have the money to actually like make it happen which so few people do well in which case
0: we have one fourteen out of 16 Jeremy uh, which oh does, my god I was... that does suggest that the episode was con- oh wait is that right 14 out of 17 I think um
2: I mean like it's uh, yeah. Like the bad games are bad and the good games are good, it's really hard to argue otherwise. <laughs> and we and we get to um, choose which way we basically decide it from yeah. whether it's
1: good or bad. I'm gonna stop picking apart a system that's worked in my favour. <laughs> that's fine. Why don't we um accept that the, the the open
0: world GTA clones trial game itself has to be trapped inside the Matthew Castle game as punishment for being poorly conceived? I think that's yes. the- <laughs> Daska, we had a bunch of edge cases, but to be honest, it will drag the podcast out so much, and I'd just be fucking name-checking a load of stuff that we can talk about another time. Spider-Man 2, etc., Destroy Humans, Mercenaries, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which I did play this week and very much enjoyed, the infamous games... Sunset Overdrive. I tried to keep it to games where you could steal cars, basically. Um, so you could argue I should have included the Saboteur, but good God, we covered a lot of games. So that'll do, guys. Jeremy, where can people find you on social media?
1: I'm uh, Jeremy underscore Peel on Twitter.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, um, and uh, I guess we should reveal that if we hit our stretch goal, you are the mystery person who will do something, probably. We have yet to agree terms, so maybe we should Yeah, I mean, but, I'm not um, likely
1: to walk out of negotiations, to be honest, but uh, yeah, me and, <laughs> and hopefully my good friend and peer Phil, who I've mentioned a couple of times during the course of this, will, will do some kind of uh, bonus back page podcasting, so you can look forward to that.
2: Excited. I want that to happen. That'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just the bastard
0: paymasters of this Patreon have to uh, agree to uh, the terms. <laughs> Let's see if they'll uh, they'll um, cave. Um, yeah, very good, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Matthew. Where can people find you on social media? Mr. Basil underscore Pesto. I'm Samuel W. Roberts. This podcast is supported by Patreon.com/slash BackpagePod. Thank you to everyone who backs us—all 500 plus of our backers. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, something I've forgotten. Goodbye.
3: Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Recording. Yeah, yeah. I heard a mouse click, and I was like, "That better not be someone stopping their recording." It's not. That it's not awesome. me. She's par- checking your partner
1: you need to check in on.
0: I've got a lot of admin to cycle through here, Matthew, while I do
2: so, um, <laughs> this. That's the thing I edit out the most on the pod these days, is the sound of Sam's disinterested mouse clicks. <laughs> no, that's not it.
0: I'm always trying to find more information, I'm sorry. No, I know. You're, no, it's good. See, I,
2: I I do this without access to a computer. It's just me and the mic. Are you still tucked in your little cubby hole thing? Yeah,
1: it sucks. <laughs> wow,
2: yeah, i to do something about
1: that. Sensory deprivation
0: podcasting. Mm. I bought some tiny little, uh, like some kind of like enclosed sponge thing that the microphone sits in, and I just talk into it. You don't need to know all this, but um, (laughs) sorry, Matthew, I'll
2: try and click less. I
0: didn't realize how big a
2: problem. No, no, it's fine. I just, I'm glad to know that it's research and it's not just you, you know, tweeting while I'm monologuing. When you hear, when you hear me
1: click, it's because I'm so paranoid about recording not happening. I just compulsively have to look at it occasionally to know that it's happening
0: that's fine I can also mute my mic when I'm doing that so I should just do that and um, yeah when I'm that's looking okay. for hardcore but, pornography but Matthew's then we want to get about, we
2: want to um, hear your <laughs> surprise laughs, <laughs> and
0: that's true exactly if I don't have it on then I won't sort of like be taken aback and then you know I'm not paying attention and that's yeah. bad sometimes um, you do a joke and you're like hmm I would have thought that would've landed better. <laughs> well, but sometimes I can't tell that you've reacted to a joke until I listen to the episode back and I'm like, oh he did right. laugh at me saying
2: five oh, five oh well we I don't think we should air all this dirty laundry in front of Jeremy. Really. <laughs> I think we should put this in the pod at the end. I think that's good. That's good content. Okay. Uh, uh and sorry, can,
1: Jeremy. You can use the last from this segment and paste them in where you think they should be. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. That's uh that's that's good. I'll just give you a variety of laughs. <laughs> uh,
2: just I am I'm see. gonna put those through the episode and then I'm gonna include this conversation at the end so people will know what happened. <laughs> that's such a but why make an editing
0: nightmare for yourself like that? It's well, fucking well, hard enough to
2: edit a three mic episode, you know that. Yeah, I know,
0: but it's next <laughs> level, isn't it? <laughs> okay, fair enough.